What's up, friends? This episode of Power Spike is brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, the multi-flavored sour gummy worms that want nothing more than for you to chew their delicious sour heads and bodies into pieces. Thanks to Trolley for supporting us here on Last Free Nation here on Power Spike as well. So uh, thanks. And thanks to you guys for going out and buying all the trolleys and tweeting them at Trolley. That fucking rules. So keep doing that. Yeah. It, it is very helpful for us. Uh, so much so that I'm not sure if you guys saw, I had to throw out my beach, my beach thirst trap with the trolley Cyberbrite crawlers. Um, it was pretty good. I was very happy. Is that on that. Instagram? It's it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. Oh, nice. I was check that out. Like, hide it behind my body and then I turn and it's just like, boom. You want this? <laughs> also, I'm trying to get rid of the word thirst trap. Let's just make it like best like best self <laughs> like a picture of my best self it was like this you know a slow turn slow turn and then pow and then we walk out of frame while eating one it was, it was pretty great so uh thank you, you say best self but that implies that you've already reached the pinnacle of what you can be how do you no, feel about i that? mean i reach it every time i have the sour bright tr- crawlers oh there we go get your okay. tongue twisting mind working sour thrills at trolley.com okay all right <laughs> I see it, D God. That's an ad read. (laughs) I'm not going to just shill you products that I wouldn't support, right? So we actually have great sponsors. We have great sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone likes Trolley. My my whole chat, you know, sometimes when I do a promotion, my chat will be complaining the whole time. The resident sleeper for Trolley, they're all excited. They they all, and like, now we're getting to the point where they're like, I'm eating too many Trolleys, Dom, please, like, make me stop eating Trolleys. They're so good. Yeah. I've stopped keeping a bag on my desk. I now, I now will just, will ration, I'll be like, okay, I'll eat nine gummy worms. And then I just get my nine gummy worms, I eat them, and I try to just be an adult. Yeah. That's my new thing. It's hard. It's definitely been hard. I've enjoyed having them in my life, but I'm, rationing is definitely part of the plan here if I'm trying to go for the games as well. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. Makes me feel better after solo queue, though. You know, again, solo queue, it, it's just the nice, like, solve for all the sour yep. shit that happens in my game. There we go. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right, everyone. Uh, a little bit lesser League of Legends happening around the world because we're getting to quality playoff time um lcs had their playoffs that went through we had the summer split over at the lec the lpl just uh quality gameplay there for the upper bracket finals so we know at least one of the teams that'll be in the upper bracket finals um and lck also doing their playoff push as well so a lot of great games to cover here in the world of league how are you guys, though? Because, you know, now that we've had a little bit of time, Monty, you, you're doing shows all across LFN. Uh, I can only doing imagine it if it was like a full load. Uh, yeah, doing it all. Enjoying doing the uh, non-esports content. It's a great change of pace, you know? Not thinking about esports all the time. Yeah. Doing stuff with, with movies and bad TV shows. Holy moly, by the way, Secret Invasion is terrible. Oh no! Damn. And even even if you aren't watching Secret Invasion, guys, you do want to watch the next episode of Nerd Legion because it is fucking hilarious how bad this is, and you can understand <laughs> why it's so terrible and so hilariously bad uh, yeah. by watching that show. Yeah. That, that's cool. That you're actually doing content on 
non-competitive League of Legends. I too have been doing that. I call it my LCS co-streams. I do it. Oh yeah. How about your times a week? How about your your episodes of the Hater? Uh, those are I've, those T1 games have been awfully non-competitive as well. Yeah, they, no, they've been they've been great. See, the thing is, like, I told people that I'm only gonna watch when T1 loses, but then they've just lost every single time since I've started doing that. So like, I'm literally just watching every single T1 game. It is oh. what it is. <laughs> news on reddit we'll, we'll get to this segment later but news on reddit poby back to playing over in uh challengers this week possibly so maybe a return to faker we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one in just a little bit let's get to our first topic of the day it's high key low key no key a classic here on power spike <laughs> and given what dom just said i I'm interested in what how he's going to vote here. It's the excitement for our LCS playoff teams. Now that we're at the stage where teams will qualify to Worlds in the upper bracket and in the lower bracket, their season will end. Let's get to it. Alrighty. So we have our upper bracket matchups that basically the winner will go to Worlds no matter what because the lowest you'll place is third um in cloud nine versus eg and golden guardians against nrg on the bottom side of the bracket it's win or go home you got a uh, hundred thieves up against tsm and you've got uh, no, 100 thieves against sorry, tl and, and uh tsm versus dig here so uh all eight teams here let's monty i always mess up how the rating system goes with high key low key no key what are we rating here uh how with, are we uh, high key low key or no key excited for a team just excited excited, excited for the lcs playoffs like which which teams are we most middling and least excited about watching okay about watching so it's not like high key low key no key about excited to win or excited <laughs> it's just about watching there we go that that see this is we're, we have to do entertainment here. because we know we're not getting quality D God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I hate, I hate this. I hate, I hate that you're right, but you're right. So let's, let's, that's let's the common go. Monte Cristo experience. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you're right. I hate you're right, Monty, but you're right. I uh, loathe you being right, but you, I must admit that you are correct. A, a lot of people don't admit the second half, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the entertainment. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's start. Let's start with the negative, Dom. Uh, I don't know why I did that. Uh, who are you, Noki, excited to watch for the LCS playoffs? So, in terms of like my excitement for the team's success, because you gotta you gotta determine what is excitement. Like, I'm always excited for failure, right? But like, I'm using this as like, who am I excited to watch play with like some level of hope that they'll do well? I would say Hundred Thieves is the team that I am the least excited about watching. I just think this team is shit. They're really annoying to watch. They don't do anything. They're boring too. Like that's the worst part. Not only are they bad, they're also boring. They don't do anything. Closure's just like AFK farms. Quid is just not it. Like this guy could play three champions. He rotates between them. There's no thought behind team comps or anything. It's like, is Azir up? Okay, I pick Azir. Oh, Azir is down. Is Jace? Okay, I pick Jace. Oh, are they both down? I mean, I guess I'll pick like Tristana or some shit. That's how he goes about, about a champion pick. So when I'm watching 100 Thieves, I just don't care about their games. They're so lifeless. Now, them losing is pretty funny. Like, it is pretty funny watching <laughs> Double If Lose, I will say. <laughs> but overall, they're just not, yeah, they're just not an exciting team for me. It is impressive that Closer finally, as a jungler, managed to get his first First Blood participation in the final week of LCS, leading him to a whopping 5% 
in the regular season, including tiebreakers. Yeah, it's, uh, probably, it's probably higher. It's probably like 5.5 or something, right? Because like <laughs> it was only 18 games, so it, it wasn't a pure five. It was like 5.6, maybe like not bad. <laughs> so uh, he finally did it, guys. That was that was the stat we were tracking with closer, the former first blood king to first blood ple- blood peasant. Um, no, that was because there was a tiebreaker, Dom. They played 19 games. Oh, but he still, had one. That, that's still that. Okay. That, yeah, so it's still, it's still a little bit higher than five percent monthly. What is technically it, a little bit. But yeah, it's still technically a little. You are technically correct, which is the okay. best kind okay. of correct. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hilarious how this guy. By the way, Grizzly over in LCK, no who's way. the new jungler for Hanwha Life, he has an eighteen percent first blood rate, and he's lowest in that league. And this guy. His entire purpose is avoiding the other jungler in the early game. That is his <laughs> drive in life is counterpathing. That is what we've seen from Hanwa. And even a man who does not want to see the other jungler or visit a lane at any point in time and just wants to counter jungle and cross map objectives until his team reaches a late game state where they can team fight, even he has an 18% first blood rate. So closer, just right, truly remarkable, like uh, jungling performance. Just, just real quick. Uh, you know, I'm not a jungle expert here, but I don't think I've ever heard the term counterpathing. I've heard counter jungling. <laughs> I had to invent like- it for Grizzly's jungle style where he just <laughs> avoids you at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Grizzly's there to play like it's solo queue. He's there to get strong in games. Like you can just like, just make sure that you are not behind, show up to a team fight, play your Viego or whatever the fuck you want to play and carry a team fight. It's exactly. Fine. It, it yeah, and it, it's better than, better than what Clid did. Exactly. Clid was actively running it down. So as long as he just does yeah. nothing in the early game, it's already an improvement. Yep. Good, Dom. See, I gave you space. I gave you space <laughs> there. I was ready for it. I heard the yeah for the wind up on the Clid joke. And I was like, oh, no, please. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Good job. Good job. <laughs> um, uh, Just a quick note, just because I had a couple of folks ping me about it. Uh, we brought up last week about Double Lift having uh, issues. He posted that he was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, very unfortunate. Um, which, you know, as much as we always talk about Double Lift, the competitor and the influencer as a person, you know, as a human being, and I uh, ho- hope that he gets better and is is getting better. It did not impede him being at practice. So he they continued to scrim with him, and he was able to make it to practice and uh, continue working through it. Um, I mean, so, let yeah. no one doubt Double Lift's drive to compete or his work ethic. Those yep. have always been rock solid. For yep. sure. So uh, just wanted to push that one out there real quick because, you know, uh, it was passed on to me. And I was like, oh, I guess we have a responsibility to go ahead and clarify that. Um, all right. Uh, Monty, where are you in high key, low key, no key excitement for LCS playoff teams? I mean, it's got to be it's got to be the hundred thieves versus dignity or the hundred thieves like TL match. Like I thought, I thought I was I I thought TL was going to do well, right in these playoffs. I thought they would beat NRG. They were an odds odds on favorite. Instead, uh, APA just looked completely shit, and. I guess he maybe he got the yips from being in his first playoff games, but I don't think they're going to be doing anything given this. Like, I think they can probably at least take out 100 Thieves because we're not going to have probably a quid dominates APA incident like we saw with Palafox. But TL looks just sad. 
at this point in time. So pretty no key excited for them at this stage after this showing, even if they do win this game. I mean, you can also take it out on Dignitas, man, because Rich is completely garbage at the moment. And while it was exciting to see him try try and play Alawi and like carry on some of these uh, uh, Cassante games earlier in the split, it has not been working out. And they're one of their single points of success has now turned into a massive point of failure. Yep. So there you go. I mean, the team looks worse without Diamond. I know it's tough to say that, like, it, there's a world where, like, because Poom, I mean, most people would say that Poom is just a better player than Diamond, but the team looks so much worse when Poom plays. And also, like, the bot lane, it feels like they're completely thrown off. Like, Tomo and Poom, I don't know. Nothing's going on there. They're, they're always losing lane. They look confused as, like, to what the other one wants to do at almost all points. And I think it's it's just kind of strange because Diamond and Tomo had history and the team was doing well. I would say the team was overperforming. So even though Diamond didn't look the best, I think this roster change just actively hurt their chances of succeeding or even like, I guess, making top six. I guess that's a success for Dignitas at this point, coming from a 10th place finish in spring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so from what I gathered from the interviews, uh, I think since the change, I got to sit down with Santorin and then with Poom and Tomo themselves. Um, he, he was a more, whether or not it was the right call, he was a decisive voice in comms. It was decisive. It clearly led to, I mean, he's a very talkative guy. Yeah. Which, which I didn't fully know beforehand because my interview with diamond, I had an interview with diamond the week before he got benched. It was 18 minutes and it was a really good conversation, but he also kind of mumbles a little bit and like is a little bit more of like a, when I think of like Diamond is like, oh, that's my teammate. He's a little shitter. You know, like he's, he's kind of like that kind of guy. Whereas Poom definitely takes the room uh, a little bit more. And so I, I get that part, but as Dom said, the performance doesn't look that doesn't seem better. Like it's tough. I mean, Poom is making less egregious plays. Like, you don't see Poom into, you're like, what the fuck, Poom? Like, the fuck happened to you? Would you have that with Diamond where you're like, oh, he just into the entire game. Like, yeah. that was intentional. He should be fined for this performance. Like, you you have those moments with Diamond, but everything else kind of looks stable. Whereas with Poom, it's just like you're, you're just losing bot lane every single game. You're just super, like, you're just down in CS. You're under your turret then things are played like kind of suboptimally where it's like, he doesn't look as bad. I guess you don't have those like massive, you know, ints that just are, are so blatant and so glaring, but the overall play of the team is worse. Um, Someone in the chat throwing out, don't put it past dig to uh, self-sabotage themselves. Like they did with me, one, me and Dom's one of our favorites, uh, soy Luigi Soligo in 2021 which I don't know if that's true, but that was the blue era, right? They put in blue over uh, Saligo, and it was that. That was that was not good. So, Well, there was the Yasui era. Oh, yes, the Yasui era as well. The Yasui Yasuo getting played on in there. Uh, so Dig has got it wrong before. Yeah. Mm, yeah, they've yeah I mean, they're one of the worst GM teams in the history of LCS, I would say. Like, yeah. all the the decisions they make just make no sense, right? Like, the Armut signing, the blue signing. Like You just look at, like, when the team actually was doing well. I mean, I guess Dardoch did something. They had to kick Dardoch. I guess they got a pass on that because everyone's kicked Dardoch from their team at some point. <laughs> and then they had the Yasui over Saligo thing. I mean, there's just so many issues they've had with roster changes. And the thing that's so weird about their roster changes is it's always at, like, 
the most insane time to actually yeah. do a roster change. Like your team was dog shit in spring. You were 10th place, three and 15. There was like a period where I think they were like, what, like zero nine or like zero 10. It took them forever to even get their first win. Then you get a team that's actually overperforming. Most people would have them being a eighth, ninth, 10th place team before the split. And that's, that's not to say, oh, eighth, because they're they're actually pretty good. It's just because people thought that TSM with their roster and IMT would just be so bad that Dignitas would be eighth based on the fact that they just have Jensen and Santorin on their roster. The team is performing like a, I mean, they're like fifth, fourth. They're actually doing pretty well in the standings. And then this just comes and and they just lose, what, five out of their last six since the um, roster swap. And now they're back into the seventh, eighth, and they look completely lost as a team. Well, they had more time to practice. Again, kind of a weird thing with 7-8. Yes, they are one loss out, but they had a whole week and change to, to, to prep. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that one plays out there. All right, Dignitas, the least, least exciting here for Monty. Um, I think when I think that this segment, I, I was going to go with probably... Mm -hmm. I was trying to be cheeky and pick like a team like Cloud9. I'm not really excited to see Cloud9 because they're just going to fucking dumpster EG and it's, you know, this is their championship to win. But g give me Dignitas as well. I, I, the, I'm only interested in it because I want to see if Jensen's longest historic, consistent making it to world streak continues. That's like <laughs> that really would be what I want incredible see. if that yeah. happened. Right. So this is like a, as uh what low risk high reward no no uh, uh no excitement because it if i get it wrong that's pretty fucking exciting that'd be awesome i mean they would have to win three best of fives in order for that to happen <laughs> without losing one well we'll yep. see signed <laughs> <know>. rich <laughs> maybe they'll get it right uh all right let's move to uh loki who are we loki excited about here monty who am I low-key excited about? NRG, yeah. honestly. You know, I, as, much as, I, as much as I have been underwhelmed by this team's performance this season, uh, it looks like we're moving, and their macro has been absolutely atrocious at some points in time, which is weird because I would say last year, you know, or uh, this was a team that looked a lot better and, like, could win via split-pushing in a non-split-pushing meta. Whereas right now you see a lot of carry tops that you think should be viable and they should be able to create map pressure using those carry tops with Dokla and they just fuck it up for some reason. But that said, you know, the meta is kind of, I feel like moving in their direction and especially with Ignar on this roster who has long been kind of a signature Alistair player and a signature engaged support, like in Enchanter metas, he's been pretty shit, but in engaged metas, he's always been quite strong. So I think that... This is a good opportunity for NRG to uh, push ahead. Now, do I think they're going to beat Golden Guardians? No. But do I think that this is a team that possibly could take the third or fourth spot to qualify for Worlds or at least qualify for the battle against Europe for Worlds if they're in that fourth seed? I feel pretty good about that right now. I like that one. Uh, yep. Future telling to come. Tom, how do you feel about it? Pretty much... For me, I, I have the same take that you have for putting like Cloud9 Noki excited, even though you like, I mean, you ended up taking it back. I, I feel the same way about Loki. That's why, my, why I'm Loki excited for um, C9. I don't think they're doing well enough in North America considering who they're supposed to be. When you look at like other teams, 
and roster changes that we've gone through. Cloud9 is the team where they've kept the core together for a year and a half now. You know, I mean, if you want to go as far back as Spring, obviously Fudge was role swapped and, you know, Sven wasn't there yet. But Berserker was playing on that team with Blabber and Fudge. Uh, it's been almost two years now of this team playing together, and it doesn't feel like they're getting that much better. I feel like they know how to win North American games, but they don't show anything internationally. There's no like fire to their gameplay. There's nothing creative, nothing interesting. They're just they're just good at like cosplaying a better team, like an international team in the LCS, where that shit just doesn't fly when you don't have the ability to win lanes, you don't have the ability to get ahead, and you're just always playing from behind. So. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm low-key excited for them because I think that they'll probably just win the split again. Yeah. But in terms of the way they play, I'm I'm not very excited about their approach. Like, them going internationally is what you're, where you're always looking with Cloud9. And there's nothing that's showing me that they'll be able to pull off some upset against a big team. Where on the other side of things, if you look at, like, who you'd compare them to in Europe, be G2. In G2, actually, you see some things yeah. in the gameplay, even if they're not great even if they're worse objectively than lpl teams you see things that could create victories like different champion pools takes on the meta you know whether it's like the way they play certain map states aggression invades you see things that would potentially translate to an international tournament but you don't see any of that from cloud nine cloud nine is like the super standard like they want a game that just goes to like drakes where they can use superior setup and win the game like that and when you go internationally everyone can do that so you don't have an advantage anymore. It also that's just, what I'm worried about. It also just feels like a bummer. Like, if you guys remember last summer's LCS playoffs where, you know, Danny was out and 100 Thieves was really kind of shaky. And even though Cloud9, like, Jensen was clearly extremely limited in his mid lane performance and his mid lane champion pool, which are both things I would say about MS as well. And yet they still manage to like win a title just because the rest of the competition is so weak. But to Dom's point, you just know in your soul that the combination of Berserker and Blabber is not going to be enough to do any damage at all at an international level. It's just a bummer, man. It just feels yeah. like a bummer. I think for me, I'll put my two cents with Cloud9 in this slot as well. Uh I'm worried about I'm low-key interested on in the form that Fudge has coming into it. Uh, just because Revenge has been playing really well. And um, and throughout the split, I think actually Revenge not getting all Dude, pro Monty, was... Monte Cristo's long-term revenge <laughs> investment is fucking paying off. It's paying fuck off all, so much. Fuck, fuck all you motherfuckers out there who tweeted at me or left comments saying, why does Monty like revenge? Revenge is not good. It's like, yeah, he was on a shit team, guys. As a domestic top laner, revenge has been quite good for a long time. You were just too terrible to see it. And now you're starting to finally see it. So enjoy. This is uh, one of those moments where Monty is right. And I didn't like <laughs> I don't that. understand why people were just like slamming on revenge. I mean, he didn't have a jungler. So, so he, he, was, he was the best player on that IMT team. Yeah, of course. Of course he, he, was. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> well, <laughs> like he's the best player on like a ninth place team. And it's like, okay, like, what does that mean? You know? Right. So are we going to say the same thing about tactical this year? Right. Oh, like you stop that. You That's what I'm that. saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, for example, how, how good do we think revenge bad. is? Like, <laughs> how good are we saying revenge is? I think revenge is like maybe like the fourth top best top laner. That's. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm that. fine with that. Well, I uh, mean, he might be third. Well, you got Licorice and Summit probably above him right now. Are you gonna? Who yeah. else are you gonna put above him? I think he's. Yeah, I, I think, think there's an argument for him for third. 
Yeah, I mean, you, there's an argument. I, I think that that fudge, I would rather have Fudge. If I had to like start a team tomorrow and I had to choose between Fudge and Revenge for my top laner, I would take Fudge over Revenge. I mean, I think Revenge had some big games, but he also has some like stinkers as well within like the same series. There's more variants. Uh, there's more variants, and then also I think that um, it's like he gets like overhyped in games or something, and he starts doing things that like don't really make sense. Um, like he just wants to, you know, be relevant too bad that sometimes he doesn't let the game just come to him. Um, and I think that that's a, a flaw. Also, like some of the, the picks just seem like ego picks, you know, like Jack's into rumble. I think that is just a definition ego pick. Like you're just picking that because the guy is named Hanser. If that guy was named Shanji, you would not be picking Jack's into fucking rumble. Right? If you saw Shanji name tag, you say, ban that shit. That shit's OP. I don't want to play. And then if you played into it, you'd be like, all right, guys, I'll play Renekton. I'm going to be down like 10, 15 CS. I'll just try to be like relevant as a frontliner into team fight. You wouldn't be picking Jax there. So I think that there, there's issues with that. But I mean, I think he, he was definitely underrated um, when he was on IMT. And hey, IMT, they, they made the decision to take Solo over him, which is the, the distinction that I keep on bringing up to people is that it's not that Revenge wanted to be on EG. It's not like Revenge wanted to, to leave IMT. He was loyal to IMT. Yep. <laughs> IMT had the choice. Do we want Solo or Revenge? Whoever we sign will be on our team. And whoever we say no to is going somewhere else. And they chose solo over revenge. That's the most criminal part. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Yep. <laughs> All uh, right. Sorry. We, we, I, I derailed us here. My actual pick <laughs> is uh, Golden Guardians. I'm low-key excited about Golden Guardians living up to the hype. That All is... right, I am high key excited about Golden Guardians. Okay, yeah, why? Me too. So I'll I'll just take that one. We're all right. high key. Well, uh, well, I don't know what Dgon's high key excited about, but Golden Guardians, like honestly, this could be a run. Like, I don't think Cloud9 is, like, the foregone conclusion of winning this league. And with the way that, you know, if Licorice can pop off in a series in this meta, like, who he has also been surprisingly good, um, they all, they've consistently this year had the strong river du uh, gory duo in 2v2. And if you can win some 2v2 fights early and Licorice gets a big lead, like, this is a way Golden Guardians could legitimately win a title. Do I think they're the favorites? No. But do I think that... Unlike last split, where I didn't really think they had a shot just because of Licorice's regular season performance, um, maybe they do this time around. Maybe they do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm high-key excited about Golden Guardians as well. Um, I just like the way they play. I think the way that they play translates better to playing against better teams. Um, and I think at MSI, they actually played the, the better teams uh, a lot closer than Cloud9 did. So that's a big thing. Um, they fight a lot, and I think that that is important. You need to be confident fighting a lot, and I think Rivers is just really insane. I think this guy is super consistent. He's good on everything. He's meta resilient, and he just plays like a very, um, just a, a very solid style of jungling. So I like watching River play. I think, you know, if I was going for best mid jungle in the league, I think it's definitely River Gory. I don't think there's any questions about that. And the meta is, is favorable to Huhi. The problem that I have with Golden Guardians is that they seem to be in the BLG camp like BLG is versus JDG, where they just have mental block for C9. <laughs> they just can't dude, get dude, over the we'll mental get block. Into this. We'll get into this. It is outrageous how differently BLG plays against uh, JDG, JDG than they do yeah. against other teams. Like, why the fuck? They, they seem like so desperate in those games. It is absolutely nutty to watch the difference in BLG's performance. They just yep. do random shit that's like way too aggressive for no reason. Yep. I, I mean, they always they always find a way to mess up 
something that they're doing. Like they'll always <laughs> fuck up a herald, or they'll just like die in lane, or they, they, it just feels like they. <laughs> They're so desperate in these games. They're so know, desperate so because they just they know how good JDG is. And even the way they play team fights, you can tell that they're like psychologically like we have to kill ruler. We have to we can't let ruler live. If ruler lives, he's gonna carry the whole team fight. Where they just need to take a step back. If they if JDG had different nameplates and they played yep. the same way against BLG, BLG would, would probably win the series, but they just can't get over <laughs> the, so the mental damage that JG has done over the first six best of fives. Well, now seven best of fives that they, or seven series they've played, I should say. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But it is, I do agree that that is a, that's a good similarity. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, Monty, you sold it for me. It's energy. This is it. This, I am high-key excited about seeing this team because you know what the stakes are. If they fail, this team explodes and the two-year experiment of team friendship is is over it's it's just over and it doesn't exist it's already over let's be honest they already <laughs> no. they already kicked the bot lane no. like, well, that, I mean, that was them saying we are now trying to make this team good there's always a friendship era and then there's a yeah we're it's it's like hundred thieves right hundred thieves was in that friendship era with the golden guardians roster and then they're like all right we want to start fucking winning championships get the fuck out of here demonte and they just kicked them out they're like go coach NRG. they have 50 coaches anyway you can just slot right in no one will even notice that you're there <laughs> And then and then they started actually like waiting. They're like, yeah, let's import our fucking let's import our mid laner, get Abadog in here. He could give us one split before the vampires get to him. Let's get him in summer, win a split, and then yeah, you know, they were they were doing their thing. Yeah, I but mean, that's NRG cool NRG only has to win one best of five in the okay. lower bracket to at least make the fourth place worlds qualification. Like yeah. even if they lose to Golden Guardians, what they'd have to beat either the winner of Dig versus TSM. That seems doable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely doable. I, I, I am excited to see them achieve that. I'm excited to see my boy Juan achieve that, pulling out the Ivern that, like he did this last one. And Powell Fox on form has been, oh, this is going to be spicy. When he's on form, he's a top three mid laner. I mean, yes, because mid lane is atrocious. Yeah, because yes. MNS has just decided <laughs> yeah. to become shit. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Maybe not as spicy as I thought. Because you have it like would JoJo be. and Gory, like, and then everyone else sucks. It's JoJo <laughs> and Gory, and then like, who, who do you pick? Like, insanity, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah, meanwhile, in, in, in LPL, you're like, I mean, I guess Fofo isn't that good. That's like your sixth best mid laner over there. Right? Not bad. Even LCK is dire. Once you get past BDD and Chovy at this point in time, it's like, it's a complete. What about that fake? Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I think you actually could make an argument for Faker, Dom, just because we've seen what happens without Faker in the team. Yeah. I think Faker's not all pro. I think he's MVP. I I've never seen somebody increase their value so much by not playing as Faker did. Like before people were like, is he the problem? Is he the one that needs to be changed on T1? Then he doesn't play for like six games. And they're like, he might just be the greatest player that we've ever seen currently. Like he might be the goat right now. Like it's that was Jensen. I was before holding the title was Jensen from last year who spent spring living it up in Vegas, hanging out, making money, and then coming back and winning a championship. That was that was pretty cool to have your value go up, but Faker's now made it happen on, on easy street without playing as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping Energy is able to get over the hump and excited to see them play to the level of the best teams because that's what they do. They play to the level of their opponents. That's actually why I was worried about this last matchup against TL. I was like, well, they're going to play to the level. Like, uh, fucking APA is having a stinker. Palafox is all of a sudden just going to start doing stupid shit because this is what they always do. This is what energy always does. As CLG but, before. But, 
APA was like actively trying to be the hero and getting himself killed in those games. So, I mean, you can't, if he's throwing that hard into you, it's really hard to counter throw that hard back. If there was, was actually a team to do like, something counter. Was actually just Trist, like flash Trist suiciding. Like, I don't, it, it's yeah. real hard to, to lose to that. Uh, what, what is the acronym? I'm not sure if you guys heard this, but I'm I'm just waiting for the non-rational gaming to show up here for energy. Uh, <laughs> That's actually great. <laughs> yeah. that was, Twitch chat, Twitch chat took that one. That one's not me, but you know, good job, Twitch That's chat. Pat yourself on the back. All one. right, uh, those are the uh, high key, low key, no key teams that we are excited about to watch in the LCS playoffs. Next up, we have ourselves our sponsored segment. It's time for Devoured, and we're going to dive into G2 and Excel as G2 devoured them up in the competition, as well as something about the format, and Dom feels a little strongly about it. This one is brought to you by our friends over at Trolley. Let's get into our segment of Devoured. So G2 ended the fairy tale run of Excel. Sorry, I'm chewing, whatever. <laughs> you're de you're devouring the the trolley sour bright crawlers just like G two devoured XL. XL Boom. is the worm in Digon's G two mouth. That's right. G two is my mouth. Okay, XL <laughs> is putting their worm in Digon's mouth. I'm, All right, I'm not yep. following exactly, but I mean, he just go, just go with it. Just go with it. Okay. Actually, Dom, you get us out of this. <laughs> How do I get us out of this? I mean, you're the one that, that put worms in your mouth. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you gotta, you're the one that has to clarify your position. Um, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, Excel favorite. wasn't putting their worms in anyone's mouth, to be honest. They were, they, they just, <laughs> I mean, you wanted me to get us out. Abort, abort. <laughs> all right, we're oh, out, right. we're out. We're out, we're out, we're out, we're out. Um, continue. G2 dominated uh, Excel, devoured Excel. Yeah, they they completely yeah they completely devoured XL. I mean XL, it was such a boring final to be honest. It felt like they had no life after game one. You're like, ooh, is this just is this just a three zero? Because G two played against them last week, and this is what I was saying before the series. It felt like XL's best chance to beat G two was when G two showed up and was having an off series. I didn't think that G2 was going to have another series. And, he, and G2 won when they were playing bad. So if they won when they were playing bad, what happens if they just play slightly more disciplined? And in this series, you saw G2 not having so many, like they weren't fighting all the time on just random terms. They were playing to the strengths of their team comp. They're playing their cog brom, waiting for good spikes. And they just won the game. Like that's what you expect out of G2 um, when they play against other teams domestically. This is what will give you confidence in the team going internationally is the fact that they can play a solid game of League of Legends and just be a level up on their opponents. And that's that's all it was. I mean, XL just looked like they weren't winning. They, they were never winning this series. It looked like they were just completely outclassed. I, I also have to credit G2 because one of my complaints in that last series was that they were trying to like play counter picks instead of just playing the meta, right? Or trying to take power picks into, you know, in, in their series. And guess what? Guess who got a bunch of Kaisa games this time around because they thought... Maybe we should just take the Kaisa away and perhaps Caps can play that Kaisa in mid lane. And I, I just appreciated that they they made those adjustments. I think also I, I'm pretty sure it was Mickey X in an interview after the game that I was listening to uh, where he said that in their first series, they they played really sloppy and like played too fast in the games and that yep. they didn't actually wait for their which is true. Yeah, to Dom's point. And they they didn't 
wait for their comps to come online or or take the correct fights and that they felt like they they did a lot better i mean we knew it was a bad day I mean, for the, g2 the, the whole the whole comment that we were making is if you are playing a brahm kogma comp why are you in the enemy jungle invading at level five <laughs> like why and if you're gonna play like that sure play like that but then play champs that make sense for that style then fuck the brahm fuck the kogma we're going samira like, we're going to play Samira, Kai'Sa, Draven, like, uh, Tristana, uh, Tristana AD carry. We're going to play these aggressive AD carries that want to take those fights. Like, don't draft for one condition and then play like you have super aggro, invade, win the game at level five champions. And that was really disappointing because that was G2's uh, whole idea coming into the split was that they were going to add another level to their gameplay where they no longer need to just stomp on your face in order to win. They could play slow consistent games where they scale play objectives well set up vision control just standard good league of legends and they just went away with that they went they went away from that which is why dylan said he was disappointed after that series and now you saw them bounce back reorient themselves they're playing their comps the way they're meant to be played and when they do that they're just unbeatable in europe and also i i was happy we got to see another yike carry jungler game on the kha'zix especially in this matchup because you know, one of the big weaknesses of Excel has been that Peach just like randomly dies in the early game. That's his thing. And so they can't win any 2v2s and he will get hunted down within his own jungle for no apparent reason. Uh, he chooses very terrible fights to take and has virtually no synergy in the laning phase with the rest of his teammates. So I like to see you taking kind of these duelist or, or more carry oriented junglers into that matchup uh, because you can set him behind very early on. I mean, Peach was he was. He was terrible. He was terrible in this series. Like he's yep. he definitely is a player that needs to be changed out because other players can deliver similar levels of performance in late game team fights, especially because he plays Maokai and Sejuani and like pick a jungler who can press fucking R. You know what I mean? He doesn't even have to think about when to press R. He can literally have a teammate tell him <laughs> press R right now. Okay. <laughs> You know, the, the dragon's at 3k HP. Please press your Maokai ult, and it will have literally the same effect. So just please, for the love of God, get yourself a grizzly or somebody who's just not going to die in the early game, uh, and then maybe you'll have, you know, some shots at, at later game team fights. Yeah. yeah Peach, Peach is clearly not good, but unfortunately, he performed better. Like, other people were just worse this split, so... People are going to defend him. It's going to be the Marong thing all over again. I can already see it where Marong is actually not good, but it's working. So then people can't get past that. Or they're like, no, like he has invented the new way of juggling. You don't need to farm. Efficiency doesn't matter at all in the jungle. All that matters is relentless aggression. How could it ever backfire? And then you just see this whole year. It's like, oh, well, now you're not even in the season finals. Excellent. The thing about Malrong, I mean, he was bad this year, but the thing about Malrong previously was that he would get his lanes advantages. The thing about Peach is that he doesn't, he literally <laughs> gives his the enemy laners advantages and gives you disadvantages. And then maybe because of the jungle champion pool and how fucking OP Maokai is, and the fact that teams are banning Rumble versus Odo Omni, so you just like get Maokai a lot of the time. Um, that's, that's like, you know, he presses R. Honestly, the best way I think to attack this XL roster uh, which will probably become relevant into the the LEC championship is simply just to pinch Peach's champion pool because, like, I mean, I think he's just garbage. <laughs> Where does he go past a certain point in time, right? I'm thinking, 
I've just been looking at this draft and looking looking at Peach's score lines: two four two, one seven six, one six three. He had a Baron steal uh, in game two, which was right. to his credit. And that, like, I mean, they were already losing at the point, but it kept a minute for a, a, a little bit longer. But if you're excel, I mean, you can't change. You just got to ride with it. You you got to ride with it. You know, for the rest of the year, because that that's that's all you. Yeah, can do. sure. I mean, you're you're lucky that you're even in the season finals. It seemed impossible for you to even make the season finals anyway. I mean, you it's need to go run. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't fault Excel for what they've done because as much as we, I mean, this is what we just expected from them. Like pound for pound, player for player, they just don't have the strength to hang on to you know hang against G two when G two is you know equaling them in terms of their macro performances because they do generate you know Excel does generate some early deficits at times, and it's hard if you're playing an uphill battle the entire game, especially when your players are individually worse player for player than basically everybody on the opposing team. Yeah. Like, is there any individual player you would take over any other individual player on G2 from Excel? The answer is no. Even though Abadage and Oduamne did have good performances, and Patrick also, you know, did have individually improved performances over the course mm -hmm. of this run, it is really, really hard. So you have to be more than the sum of their parts. And to Excel's credit, they have been. It's not that they don't deserve to be here. They absolutely deserve yeah. to be in this position because they did have good decision-making. They did have good macro, but that will only take you so far. And you do need somebody to be the, the superstar player at a certain point in time. And it's just not going to happen. I mean, it uh, feels like they also peaked at the right time. When you look at how the players are playing together, it's clear that they trust each other. When there's a fight that's happening, everyone believes that their teammates will play it well and they're willing to take yep. these fights. I think the, the, the issue will come. It will, it will happen at some point in this year where XL will lose this. They will no longer be, you know, they'll, they'll lose this confidence either from going on a run of bad scrims or you get to Worlds and you're just straight up like worse than... Uh, your opponents just pound for pound and you can't generate leads and then your your fights are not going well whenever they hit the wall how do they recover because normally what teams will do is they'll rely on their stars in those moments like when thing when the shit hits the fan you rely on like okay who are the people that we can actually who, who can actually just win lanes consistently who are the people that are actually able to carry a team fight and you you really rely on those people and we've seen you know teams like like BDS I think is a good example of this where they they had a run where or everything was clicking, everyone trusted each other. The Cheo stopped playing as well. Champion pool changed. Like, no longer, you can't just put everything in the crowny basket and just expect to win anymore. AD carries are not the hyper carries that they were before. How does the team bounce back from that? And you saw that they kind of uh, floundered. I expect Excel to go th through a similar thing because they just don't have the star player. Yep. Um, speaking of floundering, not making it to Worlds or struggling at Worlds, a, a, a team and, and player that isn't going to make it to Worlds. Much to the sadness, the chagrin of Dom is, is Yankos, but more importantly, Evi and, and, and the rest of Heretics. Can we, can we just take a second to just remember the team that was the closest thing to giving Dom a heart attack? <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Heretics not making it out either. I'm not sure if you want to say anything here before we go into the format, Dom, about Heretics getting knocked out. No, I mean, I, it would have just been so sad to see them win. Like, uh, if, if Heretics knocked out Fnatic here, it's it just it feels so terrible because this team sorely needs like roster changes. I mean, they just need a roster change. Um, I want to see Yanko succeed, but it just feels like even if he did end up making worlds, it'd be so impossible to do anything ever anyway because your top leader is just heavy. And 
hopefully this means that people see this and they're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't just be importing like these like bottom tier talents into our league. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that Europe got anything out of Evie being there. This is my whole stance from the beginning. I just didn't think it was a good pickup. And yeah, he just ended up being a massive liability on the team for the entire year. He had like a couple good series, I guess. He beat Adam. Like, I guess that's the bar now. If you beat Adam, you're suddenly good. But it, there's no way that you could say that this was an effective uh, I import. Mean, for it's, it's really staff. yeah it's really just a credit to the coaching staff i mean peter dunn and cl are very good at masking team weaknesses and you know hiding evie uh with some top with some jungle pressure and playing renekton and orn was a feat in and of itself but there were always going to be very limited pathways to success for this team and they massively overperformed and i think a lot of that is on the strategies that were used by the coaching staff and the drafts that were used by the coaching staff and we've seen this from peter dunn he is really really good at uh, min maxing his roster strength even if there are flaws He's really good at it and he hides them pretty effectively, but there's a point where, you know, you can't, you just can't do it anymore. And they, they there's desperately need so many orns and renectins that are available. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and at some point, you know, I would love to see heretics come in with like a big, like, you know, power carry top lane signing um, to kind of balance out because Flacket's very versatile, but he's not necessarily like the superstar 80 carry. Um, but I think if you if you had like a really strong mid and top laner that had big carry potential, this could be a really interesting roster. Um, we'll we'll see what they do moving forward. Again, just uh, props to Yankos. Again, I've done a lot of loose side interviews, and now I've done a couple of like season ending interviews. But then they did it on the broadcast, and we we're like Yankos, you know, how do you feel? Trouble trouble set that one up okay? And he went through staff member and player by player. It, a fucking class act. I really hope that Yankos find some success here back in the future, missing him out on the world stage. But at least, uh, you know, we'll be getting his thoughts on worlds and the, you know, hopefully high level gameplay we get uh, out of worlds. Uh, okay. Another thing that we wanted to touch on here in Devoured was the format. So, Dom, you were saying the, the format kind of leads to some weird things. And there was a Reddit thread talking about the viewership how it was getting devoured by maybe the format itself. <laughs> yep, 53% down uh, of what it was last year in summer. Now, what people will say is, well, this isn't really the summer finals. Like the Correct. real summer finals is the summer finals. And that's where you can compare. I I'll guess that that's going to be down as well. Um, I think that the problem that LEC suffered from is they tried to make like everything so hype and so important that people just lose interest. It's like, well, if everything's super hype then nothing is hype then it's all just like the same it's it's all it's all the same and then when you look at every other split like the summer season is the least impactful season that you have which is very weird because that's the season right before worlds and the try the way they try to supplement this is with the season finals but in winter first place goes to msi in in spring first place goes to msi in summer First place doesn't qualify to Worlds. First place just gets 30 more points in second place. That's what you're you're fighting over. So just the, the overall like experience watching it, I mean, you get to the final and you're like, oh, so no one qualifies to Worlds from this final. And it doesn't even matter for seeding because the 30, 30 point difference, it's rarely enough to change. Like if you look at, at all the teams where they are, like 
in the in the LEC, the championship points, the 30 point difference is pretty much like it's pretty much 40 point difference between everyone. Like if BDS was in the final versus versus G2, for example, and like Mad Lions had also done well, like BDS is 60 points down on Mad Lions. Mad Lions is 100 points down on G2. So like 30 points at the end of the year matters very little. The argument that people will then make is that, oh, it's for an LEC title. Now, I really think it's super disingenuous what people are doing to try to make it seem like each one of these LEC titles is the same as an LEC title in a previous year. When you have four LEC titles a year, does that not just devalue it compared to two LEC titles a year? Like now people are, are using are making the argument that, oh, like Caps now has the most LEC titles. And the reason why I don't want these titles to count for as much is imagine if we end up with another super team. Let's say we go into an era where Fnatic gets their shit together, right? And they're just winning. Like this team is just winning everything. You can now win eight titles in two years. Like we're just going to have, we're going to have a team that is like, when you compare Caps' dominance as a player and how good he was for how long he was good, like he could be, he was the best player in Europe for three years. He could only win six titles in three years. Whereas if now somebody's the best in two, they have eight titles to their name. Oh my God, look at how many more titles they have. And you get into this weird debate where you're like trying to compare goats and you always compare titles and we just act like they're all the same where these titles just mean less. There's more of them. If they're more scarce, they're worth more. That's just like, that's just fucking basic economics. So like, I don't understand where we're going with this format and how people are trying to conflate an old title with a new title. Um, like this summer split just feels like the least impactful because it doesn't guarantee a world spot. Maybe a first spot goes to worlds, then it would be more hype. Um, but I think overall the format is starting to like wear on people. And I mean, the viewership reflects that like people just don't want to watch as much. So I think there's there's a couple things here. Um, I do think the viewership is down because it isn't an apt comparison to summer of last year. The apt comparison is to the season playoffs. But yes. to your point, Dom, I also think there will be lower viewership for that. So let's I agree with your your take there. Number two, it's in a uh, studio. It was, like that's another was, thing. Like it's in a studio where you win these titles. Whereas before, I I will I will get to all of this. So uh, number yes. two, um, we we do have. You know, there there was the issue of it being a very fast 3-0. So, and also with Excel, who is not a team that has a huge fan base. Obviously, if this is Fnatic, if this is Koi, um, you know, th this looks really, really different. Like, you know, if Ibai is co-streaming this with Koi, yeah, like... that's why you it know, looks the... different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that, like, actually, like, there's more viewers on it? Or is it just, like, e like Ibai... The most viewed match of the entire split was, like, Mad vs. Koi, like, a regular season match, because it's, like, Spanish orgs and Ibai's Spanish. Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't know if that reflects, like, the hype in the league or the interest in the league. Sure. I mean, LFL also has massive viewership, despite not being a tier one competition. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you know, moving forward, I think that it's not an issue. That, so there's a couple things. It's not a fundamental issue with the format as it's as it's scheduled. Um, it, I, I think it would be better to to have the summer split be a slightly different format that includes the championship. So you have a ro more robust playoff system. By the way, guys, again, there is nothing that says that all three splits have to be the same format. You could run the first two splits as they are right now, and it would be very interesting because, like you say, you win one tournament, you get into MSI. Win the next tournament, you get into MSI, right? Um, there is something compelling about that that I think is good. And then instead of having the same format in summer, you do a slightly elongated format to a more robust playoff bracket, and you basically combine the season championship with the, the summer the, the summer split, right? Yeah. So you just invent a new format so that there is 
to your point, more hype and more weight going in because it is kind of lame that nobody even got a guaranteed world slot off of summer, which I agree with you does make it worth worthless. And both teams are locked in. Like you, you got to also understand like the, there was more hype on like Fnatic XL because there was yes. still something at stake. But yes. a lot of times there's not going to be anything at stake in these later right. matches because you're going to have yeah. similar teams winning. That, so that, that's, that's, that's definitely something that that matters. Yeah. That's a qualification slash championship points issue and doesn't necessarily affect, you know, the the value of summer. But that said, I still think that you should combine you should figure out a way to combine the championship finals into summer and just have it all be one longer event with a slightly different format than winter and spring. Now, thirdly, I don't think that the the number of uh, like four titles is too many. Uh, I agree with you. Three is more reasonable. We don't need to have like the overall season title with spring, winter, spring, summer titles, and then count those as if they're the same as the old two split uh, title system. But in the early days when I of League of Legends, when I was casting in Korea, so we're talking like 2012, 2013, 2014, we were running three tournaments a year. And there wasn't a lack of hype, guys. So first off, that's just bullshit. We had massive you know, in, you know, stadium events for each of the three finals, which obviously they are lacking due to budgetary constraints because. E yes, but the know, difference is that you guys still had a portion. They, you had a portion that was not hype. You had a, you had best of ones. You had a, like a season where it's like, okay, this is like, this is relaxed. And then you, you elevated it to like, oh, and now we're in an arena where now yes. it's just the same thing. It's the whole same. Yes. It's like best of ones really matter because two teams get eliminated. Best of threes really mattered because four teams get eliminated. Best of like fives really matter because somebody's going to win the split. And then it's just like, so you're supposed to just be like maximum hype for like all six weeks. And then like, then, then there's like a week break. And then there's another thing. Here's, here's another part. There's a three week break. Why is there a three week break? Why yeah. the fuck is there a three week break between summer and the season finals? It makes no fucking sense. It's like, okay, now you're high. Oh, you like this shit? Like you like all these best of fives? You ready to see who qualifies for Worlds? Yeah, we'll see you in a month. Like, what also, the fuck it's, is just, that? It's, it's also just bad for the teams because they're going to have a very short time before they can go to Korea to boot camp. Meanwhile, you know, LPL and LCS and LCK teams are going to be off for weeks and weeks and weeks. Right. Basically, you know, Europe can't go to Korea to boot camp until like yes. a month, why? month after the other. Is there regions. any reason for the three week break? Has anyone ever said why there is a three week break in LEC? No. Of course, I, there, there's, there's Rob, no you fucking know, reason. You, you know, the reason the reason is that they they need a vacation. Um, right. Oh, is that actually the reason? I actually don't know the reason. I like even trying to be cynical. I don't know what the reason is. I there. I have no idea. Why three weeks is, is so bad for hype, man. Three weeks is yeah. so bad for especially, hype. Especially because we ended now and, you know, L LCS and LCK finals are on the 20th, the weekends of the, you know, the 19th and 20th of August. LPL, and finals, are this LPL finals are next weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is this this coming weekend? So, you know, you could just continue through and have that hype or maybe take a week off, right? But I would just rather see a longer format that just continues through the same time period as the other leagues. So everybody's done at approximately the same time. Um, you know, honestly, Dom, uh, there may actually be higher viewership because the season finals are running when no one else is running, yeah. right? They're going to be the only things to watch. So maybe yeah, it actually it. will increase viewership. Why, 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 don't, why don't we just like, why don't we just give teams world slots based off championship points? We cancel the season finals and we do it in December where no one else is playing. <laughs> and then we'll get maximum hype on the viewership. That'll be perfect. Look, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I think that there, you know, that it could increase viewership, but I do agree that, this needs to be changed. I don't think that there's a fundamental problem with the format. There's a fundamental problem with a lack of hype for the winter and spring titles because there's no escalation in terms of venue or scope. Now, 
we do know that this was a compromise that LEC made. They said, okay, we're sacrificing a stadium event and the cost associated with that because we're going to spend that money on having more days of competition to enact this new format. That mm -hmm. is not going to be set in stone forever, guys, because as I've said repeatedly, we are heading into a world where there is likely to be another international tournament next year, which will mean that all leagues are going to be, have to take a break after winter to accommodate that format. And we are almost certainly going to see L LCS moving to the new format, um, yep. the, the LEC format or something similar. Like they might, like I said, they may tweak it so that, you know, fix some of the kinks that we're talking about here in the LC, LEC format. But I assume we are going to see the same format between LCS and LEC next year. So with that said, um, they may introduce additional budget to have additional stadium events if they are realigning all of the global leagues based around that assumption. Um, you know, this could have been a season where they wanted to, to test this, to pilot it without spending a lot more money. But I overall think that in the end, when the dust settles, we are going to see significantly improved viewership from LEC over the course of the year. Uh, especially because they're just broadcasting yeah, more hours. So you're... More, yeah, but that's like, that's to me, that doesn't matter. That's like if I just like stream more hours and I'm like, look, my stream is like grown. Like, look at how many more like viewable hours I did where it's like, no, like bless people are interested. You're just fucking streaming to like 1000 people that are asleep. Like, you know, I just, I'm sleeping on stream. Like, oh yeah, I'm only sleeping. I'm fine. And it, then I just like roll but, but that Dom, into everything. But Dom, the only thing that matters is if they can sell those viewable hours to sponsors. But and if they I can. Think that, I, I think that, that, that there's actually a change coming. I think that that's like kind of like an old school way that people viewed things. Now I think people care way more about concurrent viewership when they come to sponsorships than doing like passive branding. Because passive branding is what you do for viewable hours. Like that is the best way to to maximize the viewable hours. And if you want to do targeted sponsorships, you want to do it when there's the most people watching. So I don't even think that viewable hours is a like state, like a, a, a worthwhile stat. Like I don't give a fuck about viewable hours. <laughs> so I don't know. I think, I think that we will see an uptick in viewership for the season finals. I do think that even if that's the case, um, they should combine that to make it more meaningful into the summer split. There is nothing that says that that any of the splits have to have any relationship to each other in terms of format. Like, obviously, that was true when LCS ran lock-in and then ran into the, the two splits. They were running something with a different format. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can do things. I do agree that changes need to be made. But on the whole, I am much happier with this iteration of a format than I was of endless best of one round robins. Like, can we just agree that this is better in, 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 even if it's mm. not perfect and it can be fixed, I don't want to watch. I, I'm fucking sick of double round robin best of ones. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could agree that. I mean, maybe it's better than double round robin best of ones. Like I like the, that there's less best of ones. I don't like the best of fives being less, hype and there being less best of fives though like i mean i guess I think we can fix that yeah i think, I think we can fix that problem here's the last part because i mean i'm just here here are like all my critiques hey and if maybe if someone from lec would actually you know be able to take like i'm not the best with tone monty when i'm passionate about something that's fine you know, that's i say why we things in an abrasive way <laughs> do you can get past that like i think i actually have a point here i think the last point is on the way that viewers can easily interpret the format the ease of access to lec so many people watching lec don't know what the fuck is going on like before i started pointing out okay so this is how like vitality can make the season finals like they need three of these four conditions to happen before i had that tweet before on the last day i was like by the way for season finals which is what 
matters. Like if you care about world's qualification and everything, the thing that is the most hype, that's where they're doing the big event. This match actually doesn't matter at all because XL is locked fourth. G2 is locked first. People didn't even know, like, people are asking every day, how does this team make it? Wait, is Koi out? Like, so Vitality yeah. can still, like, did the conditions actually happen? Like, how many points does this team have? Like, it's so fucking confusing to the average viewer. It's that so much easier for them to watch a format where it's like, you know, there's just a gauntlet, right? It's like, you explain LPL, it's like, team that wins goes, second in points goes, and there's a gauntlet. You see, like, this is a qualification match. That's a qualification match. Watch that's the match. Oh, that team won? Okay, that team's in, you know? That's why you need to combine the season playoffs and summer. That's why it needs to happen because then it'll be very clear because you will, it, you'll just say like, Oh, you know, in order that you get X amount of points from, from this placement. Right. And so you must achieve this placement within summer. It's not like, Oh, you achieve this placement within summer, which then qualifies you or doesn't qualify you to a secondary tournament. So yep. I, I think your, your point about clarity is well taken. I mean, I'm still, I, I've been beating this drum for years, but I'm still in favor of Monte Cristo's, mario kart format which is again <laughs> about naming it's just about naming where instead of having winter split you give it a name so you call it like the demacia cup and you yep. call the next one the noxus cup so it's like you know you you like have TFT like the tournaments is that what they do in okay. tft yeah, tournaments? yeah so cup sharima cup yeah oh, no. they took my they took my fucking idea finally i mean they uh, riot eventually takes all my ideas uh but i've been doing saying this for years and years and years and years and years i haven't removed lcs yet but that idea hasn't <laughs> came through but uh, i don't want to remove lcs i want to smash it together with uh, lol and uh, cb lol that's what i want to do okay and sure. eventually we'll get to the super league we'll get there on a long yeah. enough timeline i just have to wait uh, but call it Superliga I, hosted in Spain. <laughs> I have a whole idea about it. It'll be perfect. Very good. Very good. Uh, but I do think, uh, you, you know, there's, there's ways that you can make this more hype because just call it like having the shield, you can make unique trophies for each one. You have an identity and an aesthetic surrounding each league. Like you can change the graphics packages and the way that the leagues look in order to match with that theme. You could also do special promotions for in-game sales. Like you could be like, this is our Noxus Cup. Like we are offering these Noxus champions at half price during, you know, I think there's really good ways you could sell digital goods by increase, you know, increasing the synergy with the actual brand of League of Legends. It would be a lot more hype than just like winter, spring, summer. Get the plate. Uh, like it, I don't know if like somebody's like, shooting something at you you could block it with the plate i guess like, maybe you can throw it like <laughs> captain america like, yeah, it would be useful for an LCS trophy like i need that shit when i go outside over there you know that's useful okay <laughs> uh but anyway i think there's a lot more creative stuff you could do uh with the brand and i would love to see that just to make each thing feel really distinct and unique uh and i think it would add to the hype that's what i think i love the three cup idea i know i keep using sports references generally obscure sports references here's another one the philippine basketball league has a three cup season uh it's the and and like what you said the rule set is different which with each cup uh the commissioner's cup the governor's cup and the philippine cup the commissioners and governor's cup allow you to play with import players so you oh, can nice. sign one to two import players, depending on which cup it is. And then the Philippine so Cup. So Dwight Howard will be there next season. Cool. Uh, <laughs> do you remember? So here you go. Do you remember Andre Blatch? Yes. He he is a Filipino citizen now. So he Wait, imported what? over and then became a Filipino citizen. So no now way. they can import someone else as is well. Is he just yeah. like the biggest motherfucker over there? Is he just like... No, just there's a some fucking tall monster? dudes, but yes, he is, he is a monster. 
There, okay. there are some bald dudes and he's a monster. But it, I, I it, think you could also like, oh, sorry, continue. I, I, yeah. I, I think about this idea. You could also just name it after historic players. Like it would yeah, be like cool. the I will dominate cup. Like that would yes, be fucking I will, I will dominate yes. cup yeah. <laughs> in LCS. <laughs> Um, but in, in Europe, like having a having like an ex Speke cup um, would be a great idea. Now, the problem with this is like, obviously, if you had an Ocelot cup, they would have already had to change the name. So you do mm -hmm. run the risk of God knows what these people are going to do in the future. Yeah, <laughs> it might make you have to change the name of your cups. Yeah, like the, we I call it the cup. McCree situation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is Wait, what's the McCree situation? No, oh, you'll uh... love this. You'll love this, Dom. Oh, so, is it an Overwatch Over... drama? So, okay. so, in Overwatch, um, there was a developer named Jesse McCree, and he oh, got did he caught... like sexually assault someone or something. No, he did not. He was just he was he, he was on the periphery of that. He didn't actually oh, do anything, okay. as far as anybody knows, as far as I'm aware, at least. Um, but when the whole, he was, he was on the periphery of that, when the whole blizzard, uh, bro weird, weird sex bro culture scandal came down. And ah. so they changed the name. This is hilarious, Tom. They changed the name of the character McCree in the game. Wait, McCree is no longer in the game. No, he's in no, the game. It's not his name. Wait, they, it's they not his name. What's his name? They call him Cassidy. Cassidy. Now. So remember, though, what? that that is a reference to Butch Cassidy, who is an actual murderer. So Blizzard decided that branding their cowboy as an actual murderer and outlaw was preferable to a guy who may or may not have done anything. Okay. But it was a long time ago, Monty. It was different times. <laughs> <laughs> I just love argument. I just love Blizzard logic, man. It's like, just, just don't choose a famous, like, murderous outlaw. Yeah, we had this really cool game, Warcraft 3. Let's never release a sequel to it. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, man, I started my casting and uh, esports career in Warcraft 3. I would love that. You know, um, I first knew about you and Freak from Warcraft 3. I watched <laughs> WC3replays.com religiously. Like, I had Holy that shit downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Those are good times. Those yeah, I made top 50 of a qualifier once, and I got my ass blasted, and then I just quit the game because I knew I would never be anything when I just decided to play a game where you only control one character that was played by children and have a elongated career. Yeah, it's and... true. It, people people don't realize how hard Warcraft 3 was. Like, imagine, oh, yeah. imagine, guys, Warcraft 3 was so fucking hard to play. Imagine having three League of Legends champions, yeah. each with four abilities and six item slots, and an army. And they're all active. And like, you're macroing. 90% of them were, were actives. And you'd be like, you'd micro, you'd be microing like one, one group to like farm and the other like group to harass. Like it was. And, and you're macroing and building your base yeah. and maintaining your economy at the same time. It was so hard. I wasn't even good at it. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's, great so game. it's just like Faker then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Faker was a Warcraft 3 player. Turns out. Yeah. He's still um, playing it to this day. There is plays every game with T1. There was another game that actually it was my first in-person casting gig um, called Drop Zone. Did you guys hear about that? It was a it was one player controlled three champs heroes, and it was a ten maybe fifteen minute. It was timed game, but it was a MOBA. You had like these. You had to clear some cores, and then you had to pick up the core and put it in like the uh, scoring zone in the middle of the map. And you would pick your three champs and then you'd work through it. And we had pros come and play it. Double if came and played um at PAX. It's called Drop Zone? It was. It it died on launch. It was too hard. That that was basically <laughs> what it came out to. It was too hard for the average player to play it. They were hands-on with community. It was super fun, but um didn't quite work out. Uh so I was just wondering if you'd heard of it. The 
Oh, the call to action. Call to action for you watching at home right now. What would you name the cup and what rule set would you put in place? Would it be something about imports? Would it be a type of draft? We've seen leagues work with fearless draft, I think, right? It was LDL ran fearless yep. draft. Or would you change the amount of bands? What would you do? Let us know in the comments uh, or a chat right now. Uh, and, and the I will dominate cup. You have to play 4v4 without a jungler because you're remembering my time as a band player. <laughs> in memory. Band the jungler for each team and you just play 4v4. Oh, let's fucking go. All right. um, cool. Uh, that was devoured. And thank you guys for going in depth there on the LEC format. And the reminder is that this is the first year of it and could change. Positive Monty, by the way. This was Positive Monty sharing that how it can be changed in the future. It was good cop, bad cop. We were playing a role there to <laughs> try and get the point across. He did. Across. It was very weird. I was just sitting here eating my well, trolley. And it, like, it, it needs work, okay? But it's a good idea. It can be fixed. It, it can be saved. Oh, you're talking about the league. I thought you were talking about your good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I think cop you'd feel different. I thought if you the had good cop, bad cop. Your team was if you good. had to watch as many games as I did live, and you had to fucking sit there through like fucking hour and a half long pause, six and a half hour long fucking LEC, some random bullshit auction ults. You're there for like another two hours. Like if you had to sit through that shit, <laughs> I mean, and then it's like, all right, okay, tomorrow you would be just as negative as I am. Let me tell you. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I do skip all the pauses. I am fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> and there are way too many in LEC. Way too many. Yeah, I don't know why they can't. I mean, it's just because they have a KitKat sponsor. I'm I'm 100% sure that they do the pauses intentionally because they have a KitKat sponsor so they can play the commercials of like Lore eating a KitKat and then everyone's like, oh my God, the, like, I want a KitKat. And then they just go and order a bunch of KitKats and then they just, yeah, they like every day they just have to get a Fnatic pause in, you know, a G2 pause, something like that, just to sell KitKats. The, Honestly, that is one of, I think, the most creative sponsorship ideas in League of Legends, and it's done really well. Credit yeah. to LZ. Uh, I'm Also, I really liked the Cadre one. Cadre one was self-deprecating enough that it was it was really good. So I, I liked the content that they put in there as well. Plus, the LEC team is very creative and unleashed. Real quick, Commander Cup. Let the teams talk to coaches during games. Kind of like that one. Uh, keep keep them coming. All right, uh, that is devoured. Make sure uh, brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers. Thanks to our friends over at Trolley for making it all happen. Uh, get your tongue twisting, mind warping sour thrills at trolley.com. Uh, thank you, Trolley, for your support here on Power Spike. Um, all right, next up. It's time for everyone's favorite check-in. No, we're not talking about Evie because he's gone and dead and probably going back to the LJL. We're talking dead. about everything oh is on fire with T1. Uh, it's been on fire. And now there's maybe a possibility of, of reprieve from the fire by the fact that Poby is playing challengers this week. Let's get into this conversation about everything is on fire. All right, it's uh, the T1 Flame segment, as Chad is saying. So uh, time for you, Dom. Go. <laughs> I mean, T1, everything is on fire. They're losing every single fucking game. Obviously, they got smashed by KT, which everyone expected. But I honestly thought they would put up more of a fight versus DRX. The fact that they <laughs> lost the DRX again in such like a disgusting <laughs> fucking way. Like, to be honest, as a T1 hater, like I'm normally happy. But I was getting a little bit mad just seeing like how... 
like how, how little effort the players are putting into the game like it just looks like they don't give a fuck when they're playing and that shit just always pisses me off that's always my trigger with, with league when there's just no desperation and it feels like the t1 players are kind of resigned to like we're gonna lose these games and when faker comes back then everything will click and we'll start trying hard again but i, I think that that's actually a mistake when other teams are just grinding their ass off and they're in gear and they are putting their best foot forward all the time and you're sitting there just hoping that like, oh, we're just good enough with Faker that we're going to just get back in. That shit can backfire easily. So watching like the way Gary is playing right now, watching the way like, Zay, like what what the fuck is Zay is doing? What is he doing? Why, why is he getting solo killed by support like ulting under turn is because I like, what the fuck is he doing? Actually, you can't tell me that you can't tell me this is real League of Legends. You can't tell me he's actually that bad. He's running think, down a side lane. He died like five times bot lane in one game. Think, he's a top laner. I think he thought that turret was dead. That's the only the only explanation I have to that play. Oh, which so he if, pulled the leader. Okay. <laughs> I think Hello? he thought the turret was dead. It, that okay. is my guess. If you guys didn't see it, um, that was a quite hilarious moment in the telecom war. Uh, by the way, this was after he had egregiously inted in the 1v1 side lane versus aiming, who had 13 kills on Vayne in that game. Yeah. And so I mean, he, was... he's literally just running it down. Like, you, can, you can't tell me this is serious <laughs> gameplay. He's he's playing Cassante. There's a 13 kill Vayne, and he's just like walking into the middle of bot lane. He's like <laughs> hiding under the turret, like trying to see us. He's like, hmm, like I am like an HP stacking tank, and this is a fucking assassin that, that shreds HP tanks. Let me just go bot lane and see what the fuck happens. He did it so many times in this game that it literally just looks like they want to lose. It looks like I, they just were like, yeah, fuck it. We weren't going to beat KT anyway. Just get the game over and go home. I'll, I'll go back on your, your latest episode of The Hater because I actually want to see some of your reactions, especially to that Cassante ult on Lehens into the turret where Lehens just permacy sees him. I have a, I have a clip of it. I have a clip okay, of it great. on my, my... You don't even need to watch the whole episode. I have a clip on my clip I channel. I can link it to you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but but in, in any case... Um, that moment, I was just watching the VOD of that, and I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, he, he surely thought that that turret was dead, because you would not do that normally. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that that's what it was. I think he literally fucked up the angle, but, like, it's so oh, easy he fucked for up him the to get... Yeah, yeah, you want to take him over the wall and river as oh, opposed to the, all the yeah, way... Yeah, over the, that thin the wall as opposed to yeah, 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 yeah. the thick part of the wall, but, like, come on, man. Like, come on, bro. Like, this is just... <laughs> That's too far. That That is too much. Insight. I did enjoy I, Lehen's reaction afterwards, because one thing LCK production is great at is just like putting the players comms in immediately. Like they're so yeah. fast. I wish other leagues were yeah, as they, good they, at, they did that. at LCK. They did that in, in LCS where like Shaden said that Hunter had AIDS. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did that did you actually bad. hear that? That, no. was bad. that was great. That was that great. That was so bad. You, you just hear Shaden. You you're saying this guy has AIDS, and they just like put it up and like that. They're like, well, did anyone hear what he said? Like, you said all his AIDS. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they do that in, in LCS. You just gotta watch more uh, LCS live, Monty. You'll catch. The... Uh, too funny. I, I I just I pulled up your clip, Dom. You were silent the whole play, and just hit us with the biggest. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, like, I couldn't believe it. I was actually shocked. I, I think like, it was oh, fuck. Was it was it an LCS? Um, I think it was an LCS where they put a clip of all the Korean players like just cursing in Korean. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to that, I was like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the Avali thing. It was the Avali uh, flight quest thing, right? With um with Vikla. Is that what you're talking about? Where like. 
there I forget there was there was this one I think it was an LCS but there was this one it, it may have been actually no I don't think it was an LCK was it the Overwatch it League I saw something with the Overwatch League have like but oh it yes it was Overwatch League you're right you're right it was League. Owl I'm 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 being silly yeah um no. yeah but it was just like because they didn't the the production didn't understand Korean, didn't understand Korean. And, and I was just like holy moly <laughs> <laughs> it was overwatch league you're right that was so funny <laughs> all right sorry we got a little off track because of the play here by uh, uh t1 and, and all right well look here's here's the deal guys here's the deal it does sound like fakers coming back this week as of this morning um you know there it's probably back in in challengers and it was intimated even previously that this would be the time in which uh, we would see we would see Faker return by Tom. Uh, now, what shape Faker is going to be in is it? Why is, is he it... returning now of all times, though? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that you're returning now because you're pretty much locked fifth. Yes. Yeah, you're you are locked fifth, effectively. Um, I think it's to get form. It's to get form and heading in into playoffs, lower, probably. yeah, a lower stakes uh, situation. But we don't know what physical condition Faker is in. It does explain a lot of his individual performance if he was uh, having a tough time earlier this season. But this leads us into into a good point. Um, as as uh, as it, it pertains to betting, because right now. It was actually better yesterday. Right now on esports bet, you can actually get 1.5 for T1 versus Live Sandbox, which if Faker is back should be a very heavily favored T1 game. Um, maybe Dom disagrees with me on this point, but because they were not performing great even before Faker left, but if Faker is feeling better, it feels like you get, get some values. 1.7 yesterday, um, but this is a great time to head on over to esports bet because they've got new promotions for you guys for a limited time you can get free esports coin which used to be called djt is now called esports coin or esc and you can play for free with this and then you can transfer it into usdt or their cryptocurrencies so no obligation and how you get a bunch of this free esc is you can join the esports bet discord for ten thousand, follow them on twitter for five thousand, follow them on instagram for five thousand. if you do these things go ahead and message them in their dis message the mods in the discord the mod mail or you can just message customer support on their website and they'll credit your account with a bunch of esc and there you go that's great you can just go ahead and do that play along for free deposit cryptocurrency if you like and as usual, you can get a 10% bonus on LFN's match of the week, which is going to be GG versus NRG. Take GG in that one. Take Gold Guardians. And you get a 10% bonus up to $100 USDT or its equivalent in ESC if you're playing for free or another cryptocurrency on your first bet only. So there you go. There you go. Odds are, odds are pretty good point. right now for T1 if Faker's returning. Uh, 1.5 uh, Sandbox. Just in case you're crazy. Two no, 1.5 1. 1. to T1, 2.5 to Sandbox. If you yeah. think Sandbox can win, and by the way, Sandbox is in the thick of a playoff push right now, and they have been yeah. looking better, um, then also good odds there. It's it's a big mess that Baker's coming back to. I mean, he's been there the whole time. There was an interview, I think, with Ashley Kang. With owner, yeah. Yeah, with the owner saying, "Oh, he's been in the he's been in the room with us in scrims, it's and like he'll... he's been helping us." It's like, what the fuck is he been saying to you, motherfuckers? Like, is he just like telling you only wrong information? Is it like a wrong answers only type deal, or like what the like? I don't understand. Like, you guys seem like you're getting worse from week to week. 
Yeah, well, he was actually just testing on, how how much how much influence he still had on the team, so that I mean, oh, look, it was he's work increasing came back. he's increasing his contract value for the yeah, next cycle. That's on. what he is actually because doing, if yeah. he teaches them wrong now, then when he comes back and teaches them right again, he will have increased value and in leverage. It's genius. <laughs> I like it. His contract doesn't expire till twenty twenty five though, so gonna be a bit broke. Yeah. Uh, T one, <laughs> T one are. You know, five-game losing streak. They're one in seven in their last eight. Uh, and they've got two more games to close out the season. How do you feel like they finish? I don't... I, I It, like, literally doesn't even matter how they finish. I guess I guess they can be eight and ten. There you go. They win one, lose one. <laughs> uh, they, they play Kwangdong, and I think that series is very winnable. Liv Sandbox should be a little bit more difficult but with faker and it, considering live sandbox is their second game so they get the the easier match first i think that it is certainly possible to win also lives you know live sam other you know otherwise live sandbox though they a win here would insulate them nicely against other teams for that sixth playoff spot so live sandbox is definitely going to want it more you can say that yeah um all right well that was everything was on fire with t1 Next up, Galaxy Brain Club time. Time for the creme de la creme. It was the uh, LPL playoffs. We are in eliminations and the upper bracket finals. And uh, man, it was great. I just, again, I love LCS. I love watching LCS. But I feel like I am being cleansed of just crap in my soul when I watch <laughs> LPL. It's Even if you just watch the highlights or... More importantly, what happens to me is I just tune in before I go to bed and I'm going to watch the highlights later. I tune in and I'm just like, God, Ruler is so good. That is going to be the topic of today's LPL Galaxy playoffs is a fucking banger. It's just it's, like so it's insane. Been great. Yeah, Let, yeah, let's get into it. LPL, uh, LPL playoffs, Galaxy Brain Club. Degon, one of us now. Ah, I'm probably always going to come back to the LCS. It is. It is oh God! Always, always come back to it. But yes, I I am now taken away from my sleep to watch more LPL. It's just, see, it's you so see, good. you see, Degon. The problem oh, with no. LCS is it's just it, it, this is why you need the relief of the LPL. In terms of comparisons, you know, the LCS is just like taking a hit off of a harsh joint, and you you just <laughs> cough, right? Yeah, and it it might make you feel good eventually, but the experience of watching the lcs is a little rough is there but any way to improve your experience is there, that's a great question dov is there a way to improve that experience well fortunately freeze pipe has you guys covered because if you have that same joint but you take their new product which is the blunt tip this is a new uh glycerin chamber that you guys can get and any pre-rolled joint from a dispensary you just pop right in here you can also do a, any 510 vape cartridge if you want that and this only takes 20 minutes in the freezer, guys, only 20 minutes. And you can leave it in there all the time, too. No harm. So I would head on over to thefreezepipe.com and get the glycerin blunt tip to cool the smoke by over 300 degrees. And it's a much more smooth and pleasurable experience, like watching the LPL. So if you are if you are a connoisseur of cannabis, as you as you may be a connoisseur of League of Legends, the freeze pipe is the way to enjoy it. A cannabis connoisseur. We're just coming up with all the terms today, Monty. Counterpathing. You're a counterpathing cannabis connoisseur who do, does not want to fight. The freeze pipe 
<laughs> is for you. <laughs> you don't want to fight the harsh smoke. Instead, you just want to roll with it. Yeah. Then uh, get the freeze pipe. Just throwing this one out there real quick also, uh, just because it happened over at Raleigh. I'll be at the live event over in New Jersey. If you see me or us, come come let us come say hi and let us know. Like we, we testimonials work so well for us. <laughs> it, it like would love to see you and talk about our products because again, we 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 support things that support us. And like you also, know, we, also by the way, yeah, we do love that and it does help us. And we are going to continue to do more awesome stuff with Freeze Pipe because they've been a great partner. And Thorne and I are going to do another cringe content episode. Uh, and if you check on Last Free Nation Twitter or on our Discord, you can submit video ideas for us where we will get high again and we will watch cringe esports content, which is what we did in, uh, in the past for 420. Uh, we'll be doing another one of those soon. So it, those are really fun and they'll be on the Last Free Nation channels. And thank you to Freeze Pipe. And if you like Freeze Pipe, like you're saying, go to go to Degon and be like, I love I love some Freeze Pipe. And offer up the cringe content you want to watch, maybe. Never mind. I'm not even gonna do. It. I'm not even gonna do. It. What did you? What did you watch? What did you watch, Monty? <laughs> what did we watch? Uh, yeah. Well, the 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 biggest banger was the Heroes of New Earth final. Oh, uh, really? in the basketball gym, which by the way is just spectacularly cringe. Um, but yeah. we did like the uh, the double lift Caitlin cosplayer interview. All oh, times. did you do the Unforgiven interview? <laughs> From you, we seen, will do that for the next it? one. It didn't yeah. exist yet. We, I've seen oh. it. It did not exist in at, in on April twentieth when we released the last episode. But that is a good call. We we can definitely do that one. Yes, uh, please, and because I will love to hear you guys try to break down what I did because I felt like I tried to do everything before I pulled the plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Let's get into it. Right now, uh, let's 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 put. LPL playoffs straight into our lungs and our brains and our soul because it's been great uh, all the way up and down. Uh, obviously, OMG was eliminated earlier, but we still had ourselves uh, the top four teams. Uh, is that is that a fair statement? The top four teams in the LPL? I guess it is the top four teams in the LPL yep. uh, making it through the playoffs uh, with uh, BLG, JDG, uh, LNG, and top esports all lined up there. Um, the series that I got to watch was I was watching on your stream. It was actually when you went to the bathroom, Dom. It was the JDG BLG. Oh, game JDG one. BLG. Yeah, and it <laughs> that was, was the worst series. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, but the play, <laughs> the play that you missed by Ruler was just nuts. And you came back. Yeah, and like, Ruler. Did we see anything different with Ruler? <laughs> something's different with Ruler. Like when he came to the LPL, like he became way more aggressive. Oh, I don't yeah. know what the fuck happened, but like his play style now is. This motherfucker is just a psycho. I don't know if it's just like confidence because they're winning so much, but he just seems like he's on another level right now. That guy is so fucking good. It yeah. is absolutely amazing. Because you have to look at Ruler's identity historically, which was the backline incredible Lean team. Up, Eddie Carey. He, was like, yeah. he was like Korean reckless. <laughs> but a lot better, sure. Um, and and reckless I used to be a lot better as well. <laughs> 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 uh, I agree with you, Tom, though. It is amazing to watch him play within this roster. And it's so what's so incredible is that he is really just playing on a knife's edge right now. His level of confidence is so high in his own abilities. His his ability to min max ultimate and summoner cooldowns is fucking crazy. Like this guy know seemingly knows exactly what abilities every other enemy and 
allied champion has up. And so he will never waste a summoner. You know what I mean? Like he will hold them until the last possible second. And he just has such supreme confidence in his ability to make these plays and to draw people into his setups, especially with Zaya. I mean, some of the fucking like five man roots and stuff that he's getting down are crazy because of his patience. He's just so patient. And I think that's what's amazing about watching him play. Yep. And he, uh, he's 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 mega consistent with his ability uh, to react to things like I think that's why he's so patient is he knows going into a fight. I need to use this ability for that ability. I need to use my cleanse for this ult. I need to use my flash for the zero wall. Like he just has such a good formula that when the fight starts, it feels like you can never catch him off guard. It doesn't feel like you ever like surprise ruler in a team fight where he's like, oh, shit, like I wasn't expecting this guy to do something like he always knows what the enemy's conditions are. Um and yeah, I mean, he's he's been on a different level this year. I don't know. I think that it's such a good pairing. That's the thing that I've been saying about JDG all year is that the pairing of 369, Kanavi, and Missing, who are so insane at setting up team fights, like that, they're so good at putting their carries in good positions to carry and putting those guys with like one of the best cleanup AD carries, one of the best team fighting AD carries of all time, and Knight, who's just an absolute beast as well. Putting those two guys, like, it's such a good roster because you have everyone who knows their role. Like, when you watch the team fights, everyone knows what the fuck each other have to do. Yep. yep. And I think that's a really, I think, underrated part of JDG's success is that they are playing a specific, they're playing a specific style of League of Legends. And I don't think it's because 369 can't play a bunch of these carry top laners. It's he that for his, his whole career. Like, sure, this is the exactly. first year where he's playing, like, weak side only. Yeah, I think he is doing his job within this team, and they've realized that Ruler is just so fucking good right now, and Knight is so fucking good, that they can get away with just kind of having him on Gragas or Orn or some of these, like, setup tank picks. He's the best Gragas in the world. I mean, yes, Knight said I, he's I Gragas himself. Gragas. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gragas, I love watching his Gragas. And, he, you know, he's really the only top laner out there actively picking the Gragas in this on this patch uh yep. and he's still looking amazing on and there's nothing wrong with picking gragas like gragas has a lot of favorable matchups into into some of the more powerful top laners right now um or the renekton right but he's doing his job and i think that's what's so great about jdg is that they're not egoing like 369 isn't out there like forcing them the you know forcing himself to be the star of this team he is enabling other players in such a great way that it is really just playing to the strengths of of jdg and the players that they have on this roster so it's an immense coaching job honestly to manage this many player egos and get past the language barrier <laughs> oh wait, I never think, mind. I, we only use that excuse. I, I get confused when we like, go. We do too many regions, Monty, and we will go from LCS. I try to apply like the logic, and I realize that it's different leagues doesn't apply. Like, yeah, no, my bad. I, I really just learned Chinese super fast, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, you know, you learn like baby Chinese in in Korea. I heard so like surely he was just able to fluently pick up the entire language, and that's what's going on. It's uh, if you guys have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No. no. Oh, okay. I will watch it later, but no. I yeah. uh, I I uh I went to Oppenheimer during the uh, TSM EG match to spare myself some brain cells. Um yeah. and uh had a much more, you know, entertaining time, I feel. Yeah. Uh but there's a no, there's I a saw, moment I saw that Genji they Oppenheimer into Damwon and Damwon actually <laughs> played one game of it and they still <laughs> even though they won lane, they still oh. weren't able to win. So. Oh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Okay. Um, right. but uh the, Oppenheimer in that movie gives a theoretical physics 
speech in Dutch like six weeks after starting to learn the language. So he, it's probably the same thing with Ruler. After six weeks, you just knew Chinese and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I was going to say w- when it came uh, to to Ruler themselves, actually, actually what I was doing was I was looking at all the mid laners just between the teams that are still left. And it's just so fun to see the carousel that was last year in terms of mid lane, right? Knight coming uh, from top to JDG, Yagao going from JDG um, over to BLG, uh, see where everyone else ended up. And it's just oozing with talent. Who is the best player in the LPL playoffs that is left here, Dom? It's hard not to say ruler. I mean, you right. can make arguments for a lot of different players, to be honest. Like, for example, when 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 BLG doesn't play JDG, you know, then then players look completely different, right? When they yeah. don't play JDG, like maybe Bin could be considered up there, but uh, I mean, BLG they just end up they they always end up losing, so it's hard to say. I think uh, I think as much as I love Scout and I do think he deserved the spring MVP, it was pretty clear that the the main problem with the MVP voting in this split was that a bunch of the votes got split amongst various BLG and um, JDG players so that it kind of just ended up with Scout, right? Yeah. Rather than it, I think Scout truly deserving it. I do think probably Ruler was more deserving of that accolade in this particular split of LPL. The the other point I had, now I remember what it was that I stalled with this question, was to uh, the 369 coaching job, making him, like, e- even in that series against JDG where he plays uh, Gragas, then he plays Orn, and then he plays Nar. We contrast that to Summit, who is our stud and one of an MVP candidate, I guess you could say, um, f- for TL. Dom and I were covering it on face check. It's just he will not play the tanks he will play anything but the tanks I mean, uh that's and not is, right? yeah yeah but he's he has the ego. ability of like of a great player but he won't do that to enable the other players on his team liquid knew what they were buying was there any question <laughs> that they didn't know what they were buying i mean it was abundantly clear after the the cloud nine yeah how, how crazy campaign. is that though that bin has less ego bin has less ego than summit <laughs> what yeah yeah that's that was my point all right uh when we look at these uh uh these matchups here dom which one surprised you the most was it the blg jdg did you did you drink the kool-aid that blg would show up or did you know that the mental block was gonna just it, it is just no i mean i think blg like they, i thought that they would perform better i mean i didn't know if they would like win but i thought it would be like a banger series because blg has essentially been preparing for this best of five since the summer split started like it felt like it was a foregone conclusion that they would be able to beat everyone else and it was just jdg ahead of them like they got so much confidence from msi they improved a lot uh, you know, they beat the shit out of T1 mercilessly. It was hard to watch even for me um, how hard they were winning. And, you know, they were able to carry that into um, their performances in in LPL. And what they were doing was trying to um, be like they were, they were thinking about, OK, what are our flaws as a team? How do we hit that next level where we can actually get, um, contest JDG? And one of the ways they did that was been playing tanks. Like if you look at what he played this split. It wasn't like he was picking Jax any every game anymore. He was playing Cassante a ton. He was playing uh, Renekton. He's playing like the weak side top lane role. So they have that in their arsenal. 
So I thought that going into the series, they'd be able to like show what they um, had learned. Also, JDG was coming off a bad series versus LNG where they were underperforming. Kanavi had a, a stinker. <laughs> Kanavi ran it down in that series. And BLG had been looking really fucking good. I mean, they, they set the record for the most wins ever in LPL. There's never been a team that hit 15 wins before. No one's ever won undefeated, but no one had also um, hit 15 series wins in LPL um, in the history of the league. So that was huge as well and yeah i just thought that blg i think blg had an uncharacteristically bad game like i think it's more than just pure mental block i think they were they were just playing bad on the day as well it's like they were making decisions a lot of the time because they were desperate i mean you just see this in the game three when elk and on are like dying early on in the laning phase and then bin is tping into the mid lane to you know try and get dragon because they early picked a gwen and they need him to get ahead and like it just feels like as soon as one mistake happens in these games that billy billy just goes into this crazy triage mode where they feel like desperate to make any kind of play like they want to introduce chaos into the games so that they can get some sort of edge back it's like they don't trust themselves to play out a game normally and be able to win it's weird. It's very weird because to your point, Dom, they have done this repeatedly throughout the entire split. Like they can play a normal fucking game of League of Legends From and be one of the best in the world. And they just don't do it. Like they they once the choke starts with BLG against JDG, it's like the choke just snowballs out of control. Uh with what's the solution? What's the solution? What can they do? It it, it just feels like this is a thing that they're not going to be able to get through it until they get through it. I, I know that's dumb. Pay me money. Great analysis. But it, it that's what it feels like to me here. It's the boogeyman. Yep. It's, it's hard to argue otherwise. They're, they, they are performing very badly in these series. And there's not a reason why that is occurring. We could have said the exact same thing at MSI. Yeah. 100%. Mm, okay. Well a team that is no longer in this double elimination bracket and yet again Monty might get gated from worlds is top esports who lost both their series against uh BLG 3 to 1 and then lost the lower bracket uh series 3 to 1 to LNG putting them out at fourth place they will still make it to the uh regional gauntlet but um how do we feel about top esports's performance here as they you know worked through the playoff series and got to this point but um now going out here and forth is there concern that rookie yet again <laughs> wasting another year, not wasting but spending another year not getting to go to worlds yeah i mean i, th I think that they're still they still should be favored i would say to go to worlds mm -hmm. like in the series that they play assuming that um edg i mean we obviously don't know i'm assuming that what's going to happen is blg beats lng if it is, I think I think unless LNG wins the title, so the way it works is unless LNG wins the title, BLG will go on points. So even if LNG beats BLG and LNG makes it to finals, BLG will Correct. still end up going on on, on points. So LNG will most likely, unless they have double upset, unless they beat BLG and JDG and LNG is just like the best fucking team in the world, they'll most likely play against EDG um, in the upper bracket. If LNG wins that, then Top Esports just needs to beat Weibo and EDG. And I think Top Esports is just a better team than both. Um, they obviously beat EDG earlier this playoffs, and I think Weibo is just like I don't know. The shy is just too bad. Um, so I think they should still make it to Worlds. I think that they're they're just in a weird spot right now. Like Rookie's not playing as well as he was playing before, um, and 
they haven't figured out how they want to play with Wayward on the team. Like, if they are going to be playing Nar and things like that and play Nar into Renekton, they have to play, like, the other members have to put him in a position where he can actually play the game. If you play Nar into Renekton and then you let the Nar get Dove level three and then you don't cover his push out and then he gets ganked to get, like, there's nothing you can do as the Nar in that situation. You're just guaranteed zero two. There's nothing to stop the dive. You have to at least defend the dive or you have to at least get the push out. You have to do one of those two or it's fucking doomed and they weren't able to do it. So... I think that's uh that's one of the the issues is like wayward is not playing well but then they're also like putting wayward in the worst spots possible with how they play the map early game um so top esports there's just there's just something missing i mean unless rookie goes back into god mode or they fix the wayward problem and they they start helping top lane a little bit i think it's going to be hard for them to like do anything even if they do go internationally and even though I think Jackie Love had a really impressive playoff run overall, the problem is once you hit the upper tier of LPL competition, all of the AD carries are so good. All of the mid laners yep. are so good that they don't offer, you know, Jackie Love even performing very well is not going to offer a big enough like carry performance compared to people like Ruler or or Gala or Elk, right? And so... You, your advantages very clearly disappear, and it is really hard to win the LPL. I mean, I think it's amazing they even make top four with such a clear liability in the top lane in this meta. I do think they will qualify for Worlds because, uh, fortunately for them, you know, they only have to, what, win one best of five against Way Weibo, probably? Pro no, it's just, no, just one. Two. Top esports? No, I thought it's... Yeah. I'm looking yeah, right now. What? It's yeah, two. don't because in the regional finals, don't it's both of the and teams? Place. Yeah, it's if first and second place. Finals, yeah, that qualify, second right? best of two yes. proceeding. What? No, it's two. So if Top Esports wins their best of five, I mean, it literally against says, Weibo, uh, "Are you on the fandom?" It yeah. says qualification match, qualification match. It tells you which two are the qualification matches. Oh, uh, uh, the winners. Oh, you're right. Yeah, got it. Got I'm it, getting gaslit for free. <laughs> um, you're right well, because they I don't know LPL. What the hell? <laughs> That's no. why I was like, Tom, don't you? We I were listening to you. We were listening to you, Tom. That's we weren't gaslighting you. We were we were listening to you. Oh, okay. uh, no, you're right because they they prefer the uh, the top two seeds. So the third and fourth seed only have to play one, and the winner of that, and basically it's a double elimination for the third and fourth seed. It's a good system. Yeah. It's a good yeah. system. Yeah, you're correct. It's a good system. Um, so, but e even under those conditions, it does seem likely that top esports will be able to win a couple of. I mean, they should be the favorites in both of those best should of be five. Weibo given... and EDG. Now, yeah. if EDG upsets LNG or some shit, then I think they're fucked. Like they gotta that's hope that EDG true. loses, especially because Zika has been playing really well. Um, that's been that's been great to watch him perform better and better. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's Zika very so hard. Good. What? Zika is so good. I know. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of LNG in general. But yeah, Zika's yeah. performance has been awesome. So it's just really, the point is, it's really hard if you have such a clear weak point because the other LPL teams are just going to abuse that 24-7 and then you lose. So either as a team, you have to prop up that player or that player has to improve. And it's just so, so hard to be in the top three of the LPL with such a blatant weakness on the team. Yep. I mean, th right. top three LPL is hard. Like when you get into the top three <laughs> of LPL, like these teams are fucking good. You can't have many weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we talked about really it last insane. week. Like the, the, you go through the resume 
of all the players in this playoff bracket. And it's just, you've got world champs, world finalists, uh, MSI LPL champs, champs, MSI champs, like all yeah. over the place. All over yeah, it's, place. Just, it's just you play against like a bunch of just champions, like a bunch of people that were almost every team has players that were considered the best in their role in their position at some point. Like, it's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. You just have to play against a bunch of fucking champions. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking sick to watch. I think also like the games have just delivered. Like, I mean, so many of the series have went to five games. OMG versus EDG went to five games. Top Esports EDG went to five games. JDG LNG went to five games. LNG Weibo went to five games. It's like, you're getting so many five game bangers between really yep. insane teams. And there's a level of like desperation in the competition that you feel when you're watching the games where it like, you can tell these teams really fucking want to win. And that just makes it more exciting. You know, like you want to see teams giving it their all and they're not like mentally collapsing. You see a lot of teams just mentally collapse and you're like, all right, they're yeah. done. Like you go into like game number three, you're like, yeah, this team's already shot. Like you can tell these teams will battle back from like, they'll be zero two. I mean, watch the top esports LNG series. That was a hard break, heartbreaking game two for top esports that they lost. Yeah. Like they should have won that. They're up like what? Like eight K nine K. And then game number three, they come back and most teams will just collapse. They win that game. They force the game four. you know, like they make it become a fucking banger. And I appreciate that. Uh, it was what it reminds me of the opposite is if someone dies with their thumbs up, you know, and you're like, oh, I forgot to flash. You really don't see that here in the LPL. Everyone is out playing to their final micro that they could do. And then they die. And it's like, okay, well, we got stat checked there. Or, you know, I, you know, rarely, or we got outplayed in a certain way, but they're still flashing. They're still using their sums. Yeah. Um, do you and, have, and if somebody starts going down, like they're zero two, zero three, like they're playing the game out. Like they're playing the rest of the game to like try to win. I mean, you saw Elk start zero four in the game number four versus top esports, And then he ends up with like 17 kills at the end of the game. It's just like 18 fights in a row that you get to watch. So yeah, it's big uh picks how do we feel are we gonna see in the grand finals the uh, blg jdg round three eight. yeah whatever they're on round eight for the year i think i think we will i think blg is better team than lng but then again like dude this zika guy i don't know he's fucking different like if you th what's so weird is when you watch zika play he's such a professional like he doesn't make any like dumb mistakes like he doesn't make those those like rookie mistakes that you see out of people and he's not technically a rookie he played with ig last year like this kid just turned 20 earlier this month and he looks so insanely disciplined and he can play everything he can play carry tops he can play weak side carry like it's not just oh he can play carry tops with pressure he can play carry tops with pressure he can play carry tops without pressure he can play weak side tops he can play tanks like this guy is just like now i guess he's just a, a top three top four top leader in the entire LPL at this point. One year ago, he was playing with Shun on IG going 14th place. I don't know. He's player. Like, I don't even know how the, like where these players come from. Like, how do they become so good so quick? It's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, going back to me, like kind of just going through the mid lane shuffle of this year. Uh, just go back. What? A, a year? RNG, right? RNG just rolling with this younger roster i mean you know they have uh tang yuan am i saying it right tom tang yuan I think, yeah tang yuan i think yeah. that's what people call him like tang yuan coming on in right you, you you let go of gala it's just a full like refresh of a roster here that's 
crazy that the pipeline of talent of like someone like RNG is like, yeah, you know, we have oh, established yeah. studs and we're going to make the gamble and go with, you know, brand I mean, new uh, reload here. Last year, when you were looking at like the top four of LPL, like two, two of them, like when you had Fodic and Hope playing in that top four, both of those players who are competing at the end of playoffs were just in Academy the year before. They were just Academy players. They got moved up and then they're just competing there. Yeah. Just, uh, it's very fun to watch just the reload and the trust that they have in them. Okay. Uh, we will save uh, the bracket predictions uh, for Gauntlet for next week because we it'll the show will have one of the, I guess, the lower bracket match already done and it'll have two more matches left. So we'll predict that for next week. But uh, them's the LPL playoffs. Make sure to go check it on out and we can help you with that by taking a look at our final segment of the week, the certified banger of the week. One of the matches, we got two for you. A couple of weeks, we had like uh, some lows. This week, we got two matches for you in Certified Banger uh, to close out the day. Let's take a look. All right. It's uh, Certified Banger time. One from the LCK, one from the LPL. Uh, since we're on the topic, let's continue down the LPL. What's your Certified Banger here, Dom? Uh, my certified banger. Well, mine was actually Genji versus Dom when I added it, but you know what? We'll see. Oh, we'll just I got say, tricked. I got tricked. <laughs> yeah, I will just say my uh, my certified banger is LG JDG, which was also an uh, insane series. I mean, it felt like LG was just playing really well, and Zika was uh, super impressive in this one. I think that this is a huge test. I mean, you're playing versus three six nine, who most people consider like what, like best in the world, top three in the world at minimum. I've never, I like, I'm not heard any legitimate source say that 369 is is not at least top three i mean you can throw what keen and bin up there with him and that's it and zika played a, a good series well, played a competitive series versus him i just love how zika just tries to big dick him in this yep. series he's like fuck you i'm playing fiora into your tanks now the heartbreak thing is like it had everything that i love about lng it had the sick like scout tarzan synergy you know getting some early kills it had a you know a surprisingly good as you say zika performance who he feels like a player who's just been slowly powering up like we've complimented him before for being so consistent as a player and doing his job but he rarely like has the has the style to try and you know really punish somebody like he did right there and he did get some really impressive early game advantages on the Fiora. And especially game two of this series was really a heartbreaker, I think, for LNG because they could have won it. So you also get to see the flaws of LNG, though, which is that they can struggle to play out win conditions at times. And they do make mistakes in the mid and late game in terms of their shot calling. Like they shouldn't be taking fights all the time if you have a fed fiora and your purpose is to split bush with that fiora like maybe you just try and apply pressure and be a little bit more elusive on the map uh while you allow the fiora to do what she needs to do instead of taking kind of garbage fights but the other side of this is you see jdg and this is what makes jdg so scary does it even matter if they make mistakes in the early game does it matter if kanavi has a fucking terrible series where he's giving over a bunch of kills in the early game because just in the snap of your fingers, JDG can turn a three or 4,000 gold deficit into a game win, right? And they are so good at team fighting and they are so good at skirmishing in the later stages of the game that it it's very, very difficult unless you play an immaculate game to beat JDG. Yep. That's one of them. Dom, lead us into our second banger of the week. Let's say you wanted a, a little bit more of an LCK flavor. 
Yeah, I wanted uh, Genji versus, versus Damwon. I mean, I, I was hyped to watch the series. I actually VOD reviewed it on stream. Uh, it was interesting because Damwon had been playing with Bible, then they decided to go back to Kellen. Um, they provide different things. I mean, everyone talks about Bible's shot calling, um, but Kellen is superior laner. It seems like he is just a like better individual player. He doesn't um, get caught out as much either. That was yeah, another problem get, with Bible. Yeah, it doesn't get caught as, as much either. He just seems like a like a more competent individual player. He hit rank one in Korean solo queue even recently. So he's been somebody who was good before the, the reset as well. He's somebody who's who's been good, but they just haven't been able to like hit that level. And in this series, man, you, you realize how cursed Dom One is because when they play with Bible, they can't get into good enough situations consistently enough versus top teams where like his shot calling can end the game. And then when you have, uh, and then when you go on the other side of things, you have Kellen play. Kellen can get you the leads, but then somehow they fuck up the most like insanely easy late game macro situations you could possibly be in. So I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know what's going on with Dom One. Uh, game number one was obviously weird. You have uh, the Nautilus jungle coming out from Canyon, which is now something that I'm seeing as a pattern with Dom One that they keep on using the fact that Canyon can play anything to flex things into the jungle. That just shouldn't be junglers. Like he doesn't need to be playing Scion jungle. He doesn't need to be playing Nautilus. Like just let him do his thing, man. Like let him play a real jungle champion and let him be Canyon. Um, I mean, he does it in the second game and he was way ahead of Peanut in that game. Uh, but yeah, now we have this consistent problem of, okay, like we're giving Canyon Nautilus and then he's just zero six in the game. And, you know, even though you have a 30 CS bottling, you're not able to translate it. Game number two, how the fuck does Damwon lose this game number two? They have two in Hibs. Drake is spawning. It's enemy team soul. All they have to do is go to the Drake, deny the soul, then move over Baron spawning in a minute. They go take Baron and the game top. Like you have two inhibs. It's so easy to play the game when you have two inhibs down, especially from the position that they were did in you, where they're did just you like how Did you like how Deft, who honestly had a pretty good game on Ash, like his team fighting is still really good. He literally just like, they, they made a split call. So he like walks up the mid lane and then doesn't do anything in the base, doesn't try and end the game. And then starts walking back to the dragon while they just die next to the dragon. So Def just no. ends up doing nothing because his team is calling him in two different places at the same time. So he's just walking around in, in mid lane in the jungle, just in a fucking circle spinning forever. Um, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, he, he, he does this. <laughs> he does this actually quite frequently. There's other points where he just moves to things that he doesn't need to move to. And their first Baron, he's pushing top lane. They have like two waves left on Baron and they just start randomly like going for a pick mid lane. And they all just collapse on mid where it's like, dude, just push the lane and fucking take the turret. Like, like let them come to you. Like just play a normal four one, but they just, they just make think... so many like, e like you can't tell me that Canyon and Showmaker are not smart enough as players to just like win from these positions that they're in. I, I mean, I can tell you that, and I will tell you that. And what do you think about Beryl secretly being the mastermind this entire time? No, nah, I've been hey. watching Beryl too. <laughs> I've been watching Beryl too. But maybe mm. Beryl needs good players in order to mind control. Um, I mean, he's individually bad, but I, I, I think Def's problem is that Def just is very passive in terms of his personality. And even though he is still a great team fighter, I mean, just technically as a player within team fighting and his mechanics, he's still really fucking good, but he needs to be told where to go on the map and he will not make those decisions for himself. As far as I can tell. 
Uh, and there is no voice on this team that is making those decisions that, you know, we know this is true because that's why they put in Bible in the first place. They were trying to find that guy like they need that well, they guy fired their coach today. Right. So that's something. <laughs> well, I think I, they didn't no. fire him. No, I think he had yeah. COVID. I he think has he had COVID. COVID. He has, he, yeah. he had, he's suffering from COVID. So I, I, I went to double check. Might that just be an excuse. Might just be an excuse. Uh, but allegedly yeah. it's a COVID issue. Um, so I, I think with, with oh, D so plus, it's so a misleading article. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. What do you classic, expect from Reddit? Man? Classic esports reporting. Um, but I think what's, what was interesting about this why series. Do, why to, do they not put that anywhere? Because like the, the notice says that, Acord, head coach of D plus Kia LCK team, has joined our Challengers team as head coach. Head coach of our Challengers team, Bubbling, has joined D plus Kia L as the LCK team head coach. So, like, they make it seem like he's just swapping. Right. Monty, you would know this better. Uh, from what I read from the comments, it was the fact that they need to have a coach, like, listed on paper. And he probably won't be doing anything with the LCK Wait, team. Wait, we have to go into comments to figure this shit out? Yeah. Well... <laughs> This is what reading the in between fuck? the lines. This is reading between right. the lines. We yeah. don't know what's going on yet, but oh, it is God. weird. Uh, yeah. I, I and yeah, I I mean maybe that's a you know the the COVID thing is a cover for it, but I I think D plus has some really serious problems, and it, it's why this team is so frustrating, guys. Because if you look at game one in this series, I'm fucking loving this draft because this is red side draft with D plus is a wonderful experience. If you're just in the pick band phase, right? You're looking at this pick of Nautilus. You know, what is Canyon going to flex into jungle next is always part of the fun part of watching D plus plus play. And, you know, they pick the Nautilus that, that kind of like baits out the Siver pick and they're like, ha ha. Remember Varus Heimerdinger from last year? Get fucked. Siver Alistair. And I was like, yes, get fucked, Siver Alistair. Yeah, let's let's go. And then, in fact, they do get fucked. And the pays <laughs> is down like 40 CS. You're loving it. You're loving it. And then here comes Canyon to just int bottom turret for no reason. And they lose all the advantages that they have. So it's like their coaches set, set them up for success. They have great tools. But, you know, if you give... If you give a table saw to a caveman, he's not going to be able to use it, right? He's still there banging rocks together. And they, they, this happens all the time. They have wonderful composition. And they just fuck up the execution so hard for no reason. DK, the uh, caveman of the LCK. <laughs> That's what I heard from <laughs> They're really strong, but... Um, <laughs> Don't use tools too good, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that that loss for Shinji was just super criminal. Like, it's so easy to win the game. I don't know. I, I don't, like, and what, is Def just, like, a robot? Does, does Def not have, like, like, he just won Worlds. Isn't he supposed to be able to be like, hey, guys, like, this is how we win. Like, no one knows how to win. It just seems very weird to me. Uh, yeah, in fact, they, they, I mean, they just made a split call. Like, they wanted to get the Drake and end the game at the same time. And then they just ran around in circles on the map. And then they lost. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, it seems like I mean, we've it, got... It's even, it's even more than that, though. It, 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 you know, in, in the second game of the series, what their composition is designed to do is to grind down the enemy team composition over time, right? And basically stop engage. You know, you're playing, you're trying to play into Lilia and Arel and Ash. So what you want to do is kite that out for the most part versus Genji's comp composition. But as soon as people start getting low, like they start trying to pursue Chovy under a turret and Chovy did 
genuinely have an amazing play where he turned out like turned away a dive that was trying to finish him off but just don't do it it was a rushed ass dive though i mean yeah they they could have done it if they just like waited for showmaker to loop around like just but also just don't do it it's not you, you don't have to do that you don't have to do that it's not worth the risk it's not what your composition does like you do not have to take that you already won the fight like take the take the w and walk away that that's the lck way the LPL ways you fucking you murder them all under the turret because they're murderable and you just rely on the fact that you're better at murdering than they are at avoiding being murdered. <laughs> well, Chovy was very good in this case at avoiding being murdered. Uh, he is yep. very good at that, though. He reminds so, me of a prime phoenix in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really don't like Chovy. <laughs> I like Chovy. He's been great. He's been helping LPL for years now. <laughs> oh, wow, he's the LPL double agent. Uh, anyway, I I just get frustrated because you you really felt in this series that D plus could have won both of these games, and At yet they just two. they just <laughs> they could have won game one. Come on, they had such a huge advantage in bot side. I don't know. Canyon if, was running it down pretty impossibly yes, hard. Yes, that if they hadn't done that, the rest of his team had set up a game winning situation, and then he just decided to run it. I mean, they're pretty far from winning the game. <laughs> like, like he started running it at like level six and he didn't stop until the game was over you know like i mean they got a baron but they just they have no clue how to use baron like they they got baron there's four outer turrets or four like uh yeah four outer turrets up on the map and for some reason they go down 1000 gold during their own baron power play when they're they should be generating like a three 4k gold lead they're very frustrating Anyway, they're bad, is the point. That's our certified <laughs> banger of the week. Right, here's the question. Can T1 actually be better than either of these teams, Hanwha Life or Dom1? Can T1 actually get to Worlds? I don't think so. Oh, fuck, I, 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 hope, I hope they don't. I really hope they don't. But then I kind of <laughs> hope that they do, but they like really suck, so I can make more hater episodes flaming them. But at the same time, it's, it's very difficult. What is difficult? <laughs> Um, because like I want them to to win kind of, but then I also want them to lose every game. So like it's just the immediate pain versus the you know prolonged gratification. Dom's Stop. edging on T1, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, I'm I want edging on T1. Dom's just like, I want to come so badly, but I also want this pleasure to continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's like the chance that like, but it, it's it's not even just that. It's like, imagine if like there was also like a 5% chance of you coming blood. And then it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Do I actually like, maybe I should just like, maybe, maybe we should just get this over with right now. Like, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's like me and TSM. It's the same situation where it's like, ah, I really want TSM to go to Worlds so they can lose harder in the end. <laughs> but it's also funny if they don't go to Worlds. How do I reconcile this? Yeah, what happens if like T1 actually wins Worlds and then I just like hate my life? You know, like that's what I'm trying to avoid here. <laughs> huh? Can we get some haws, please? Okay. All right. That would yep. be the the blood come scenario. Dion. <laughs> ah! <laughs> if you're not following, I can explain it to you. What are we saying? <laughs> well, it's been you another have, fun episode of Power Spike. <laughs> this is such a boomer ass channel. I always look at the Twitch chat. He has no seven TV. There's nothing in here. There's no what yeah. are we saying? You just have to like visualize what the remotes are. Like this channel was created before Twitch remotes existed. We just we just never update it. That's the problem. We just never update it. I like that. Makes All me right. feel at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. 
I it's time to get out of here. That was our certified <laughs> banger of the week. Gen G, DK, and uh, the LNG versus JDG. Make sure to go watch them in that order. Uh, the, the in that order, so that you leave refreshed and cleaned and not wanting to come blood or whatever Dom just said. All right. Um, okay. With that, that's our show. The <laughs> the week of League of Legends. A little bit of a lighter week, but still a hell of a show. We've got. The finals for the LPL will be covering that one. Also, we will be um, the day before the regional finals. Uh, so we'll, I think one team will already be qualified by the time that we uh, go live next week for the LPL. Uh, obviously, three-week break, so no LEC. Uh, LCS will have two Worlds finalists, or two Worlds uh, participants qualified, and we'll have two teams eliminated by the time that we have our next show. And then LCK will we will know the playoff push for the final spot. Um, yeah. Whether lots to talk about next week, huge yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Dom, you're co-streaming it all. Monty, oh, how will people? Oh, where will people be following you this week? I got summoning insight this week. Got uh, we're gonna release another episode of Four Play, which includes no blood in the uh games it's actually not true because we're about to release an episode on event horizon in which there's quite a bit of blood as sam neil gouges out his own eyes in a spaceship so you you can enjoy that okay. <laughs> jesus yeah um and, and says then... and says uh where we're going we won't need eyes to see which is a terrible line Just that's terrible. great Wow. <laughs> he gouges out his own eyes and says, where we're going, we won't need eyes to see. There's my Sam Neill impression for you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Time to go look up Sam Neill. Uh, I hit 100 interviews this week uh, for the year at Digon Esports. So thank you to the support for everyone. Uh, it's been great watching the numbers go up. The green arrow points up. Uh, sponsorship has come in. And uh, it's been really uh, humbling to to see that. So thank you to everyone for supporting my channel as well. If you want to support Last Free Nation, make sure to like and subscribe to all of our channels here on Last Free Nation uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Obviously, if you're here on Twitch Live with us, thank you, homies, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you can go to get your content. We will be here knocking it out both in the world of esports and now the culture we got culture coming <laughs> uh thank you everyone for watching thanks to all of our sponsors and all of our friends for supporting we'll catch you next week for more power spike see ya <laughs>